Kelly's hat size just increased by three, I hear. Wow. Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Just calm down a little bit, Kelly. Congratulations. Best of luck to you, but uh, calm down. A reminder for our radio listeners that the end of the world is going to come next Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. And the Department of Health has requested homeowners to unplug all electrical appliances, turn off radios and TV sets, and disconnect gas stoves and furnaces. The post office recommends that you mail early in the day. And for those with automobiles, alternate side of the street parking will be suspended. That's the end of the world next Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Mark it down. Tonight we are a country awakened to danger and called to defend freedom. Called to defend freedom. This was their finest hour. Aggressive conduct ultimately leads to war. Don't they know it's the end of the world cause you don't love me anymore. This nation is opposed to war. Is anybody listening to me? Why do the birds go on singing? You're okay, eroding, eroding, eroding. at 560 WQM. Who don't like a nice Reuben sandwich unless, of course, it's got too much of that, like, Russian dressing on it? Right. I like a dressing less. Right. But the crowd... Because who the hell likes soggy bread, right? Right. Anyway, yeah. speaking of soggy, Geldy, man, his pants must be soggy by now. He is just on an ego trip, the likes of which we have seldom heard, you know? Ow! Man. Just patting himself on the back with both hands. Get the chiropractor out, okay? So Mike Russo, in the ass end of his column today, which is all about Jacques Martin, the fired Ottawa coach... Maybe coming to the Panthers, but it looks, from what I'm hearing, it looks more like Phoenix, okay? But nevertheless, if you work real cheap, which I doubt, real, real cheap, maybe the Panthers will pick him up. But they will not announce any moment now. The Panthers, uh, according to Mike Russo, who lost a lot of weight, right, Beast? You could take a little message, a little lesson from him. He lost a ton. He's my idol. Yeah. He's your idol? Yeah. Wow. He was huge, and now he's not. Yeah, and I understand he did it without any stomach stapling. The Josh Friedman method, he did it with all, he just did it on his own. 
And the, what I'm hearing, the rumor is that the reason he lost so much weight is that Rimmer was buying all of his meals for him for, for the last <laughs> six months. That'll do it, the Rimmer diet. <laughs> That'll always do it. Can I get on that? Yeah, you get on the Rimmer diet. Yeah, he'll he'll buy all your meals, and which you'll be pretty hungry most of the time, but nevertheless, wait will just pour off your ass. Mike Russo writes, the Panthers are expected to name WQM's Steve Geldy Goldstein, their radio play-by-play broadcaster today. <laughs> He replaces old Jiggs McDonald, who retired. He retired. And uh, not a moment too soon, like I said. Fuddy-duddy old. I mean, Jiggs is okay. And then playing that little promo there at the end of the show this morning of him doing a little play-by-play and calling the goal, that was shocking, wasn't it? I mean, talk about self-aggrandizement. Don't you think? Uh, over the top? He didn't play that. Robert played that. And, well, regardless, well, Robert played it. What the hell is Robert still doing there? I thought by now he'd be fired at it or something. What is he still doing there? God, the longest retirement in the history of the uh, human race. we got some good news for you today, boys and girls. Oh! Great news, although the one bad piece of news, and you know I can't even find a story anywhere. There was a Marine killed, a U.S. Marine killed in uh, Iraq yesterday, but now the deaths are so commonplace that and it's, right. you know, we don't like that bad news, so I can't find it anywhere. Nah. Well, I try to like put that on every day so we don't just assume and just overlook all of these things, but we do have some good news. Oh! Marlins today, baby. Pre-game show yeah. at 12.30, Diamondbacks at the Marlins 105. Better get over there and support your Marlins. Now, what do they do? They won two out of three so far in this series? Yeah. They won the first two. They kicked their ass 11-2 on Saturday, but lost 3-2 yesterday to uh, Randy Johnson. Don Trell. 3-2, and the papers made it sound like, oh, it just wasn't the same uh, Don Trell. What does that mean? 3-2 doesn't exactly sound like a bushwhacking. And, of course... The Lightning beat Philadelphia. Oh, All right. 2-1 oh. on Saturday to win that series. It's going to be Calgary and Tampa Bay. ABC's worst nightmare is coming true. Tampa Bay and Calgary. Holy moly. How many people in the U.S. going to be watching that? About 30, man. It's going to be weak. Maybe Geldy can do the game. Huh? A little practice for a season that may never come. I told him this morning, I said, uh, you may be the first guy ever hired for a job that never gets to actually do it. Wouldn't that be something if they... Cancel the season next year because of a lockout, and then they like uh, trim down the league. And and Florida, the Panthers, would be one of the teams that get uh, smoked. Wouldn't that be bad? To who? To the people who care, which I realize there aren't many, but uh, about thirty man. Yeah, and Geldy would care a lot, and so would Rimmer and a lot of your good friends. You haven't named any yet. Yeah. Oh, now you're picking on Geldy? That was no, bad. That never. was a shot. I love him dearly. Now, what did he do to you? Nothing. We just haven't hung out yet. Why not? He hasn't invited me to anything good yet. I understand that if he does hang out, it's kind of scary, but that's the rumor on the door. That's uh, what Imus was saying this morning. Boy, you talk about a dead man in a suit. That picture he showed of him and Opie from Opie and Anthony. <laughs> no, seriously, that that was scary to me. He is Opie's dad. I think they just propped him up, and he's uh, he really is a dead man in a, in a, in a chair. I was going to say in a suit, in a cowboy outfit with that big tech. Uh, te- Maybe Hello and Geldy is 10-gallon hat. Why are these people calling now? We only have a two-and-a-half-hour show, and there are people calling, and I wasn't really planning on taking any calls. Big happen. QAM, hello. Good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. Don't mean to start off the Monday with a depressing note, but as I was watching the editorial with Michael Putney last night, or yesterday in the morning, I'm sorry, a gentleman from the IEA, the uh, Energy Commission or whatever you want to call it, was predicting within the next 12 to 18 months that regular... Gasoline would be from four to five dollars a gallon. Thank you very much for those low gas prices, Mr. President. 
right. here in South Florida, and, and I drive an SUV, so I'm thinking oh of getting rid of it. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm thinking of getting rid of it. It's, it's costing me $70 to fill the tank now, so... You can imagine that four or five dollars. Yeah, but every every time you do it, uh, just stop and think about those uh, Saudi uh, sheiks and about how happy you're making them every time you do it. It'll put a smile on your face. All right, Neil. Goodbye. Thanks for the bad news. Thank you. How do you like that? So it's important that we took that call. How much? How many? uh, How much is it going to be a gallon? About thirty, man. Thirty bucks a gallon. That's going to be in the summertime. And of course, you notice they just happen to be gouging the crap out of you now that the summer months are coming Mm -hmm. and people are going on vacation. The heavy-duty peak driving time. Probably when it gets to be about the fourth of July, it'll be about eighty bucks a gallon. But compared to uh, you know all this crap about well inflation, adjusted for inflation, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. They don't want statistics. They don't want to pay uh, five bucks a gallon of gas or three bucks either. They don't want to get raped at it, okay? Because this crowd don't think that uh, gang rape Absolutely. is funny. Not this crowd. Not America. Our poll question on Friday. About 1,900 votes, so I guess uh, even though they didn't like the poll, it, w- it was okay. Who do you think is the all-time craziest celebrity? You know who we left off of this? All the crap you can unwrap. Yeah, although he ain't no celebrity. He's just a doddering old fool. Michael Jackson, 870. Nobody uh, came close to touching Michael, and then again, who the hell would want to? Mike Tyson, 178. And after that, small potatoes. Ozzy Osbourne, 94. Denise Rodman, 88. Denise Potvin didn't get any. Andy Kaufman, 73. Courtney Love, 63. Yo, he's doing the Panther game. <laughs> O.J. Simpson, 60. Gary Busey, 56. As in Q, 56. Judy Garland, 36. Who is, you know where she is right now? Yeah, dead. Somewhere. Okay. Over the rainbow. Right. Howard Hughes, 35. Chuck Heston, 32. <laughs> Ted Nugent. About 30, man. Scott Farrell, 29. For Farrell, with a big potty mouth. As much trouble as he was on the air, the word that I'm hearing is that he was about a thousand times more trouble off the air, which we can't tell you about. That's the story, the inside, uh, yeah, on Pharrell. That's why he ain't here no more and ain't coming back. Jonathan Winters, 26. Robin Williams, 23. Bobby Knight, 23. Joe Carroyo, 23. What a trifecta. Robin Williams, Bobby Knight, and Joe Carroyo. And Haish, 22. Sid Vicious, 19. John Belushi, 18. And Nicole Smith, 18. Keith Moon and Liza Minnelli, 17. Xavier Suarez, 11. He's knocking on the door right now in his bathrobe. Margot Kidder, 7. Bobby Brown, 5. Liz Taylor, 5. Richard Pryor, 5. Tommy Lee, 5. Winona Ryder's got 4. Whitney Houston, 2. And Jerry Lee Lewis, only 1. That's probably a generational thing, you think? I'm sure. Because anybody that marries his 5-year-old cousin or whatever she was and uh, hangs out in the bathtub yeah. a lot, uh, there's something maybe not... Not good. Yeah, but she's probably like 50 now, so it's okay. Had a uh, spy report from the Beast on the new Lex and Terry show on uh, Zeta. The rumors that we're hearing is that the show sucks. It's basically redneck advice, trailer trash advice from a couple of yahoos in Jacksonville is what I'm hearing. Could be true. Absolutely correct, sir. Lex and Terry. All our problems are over. And, of course, old Paul and ancient Ron uh, over there on Big 106 now, they're really kicking ass their own, of course. That's what I, I heard a couple of minutes of them when I was in town. It was brutal. In fact, I'm driving to the track Friday night to Pompano Park, and I can't even begin to tell you how grotesque radio is in South. Well, I guess I don't have to tell you, right? <laughs> no, well, no, seriously. What is that all about? Well, I mean, first of all, who, who, now, nobody told us on Friday morning, by the way, I'd like to point out, Clarence. Nobody told us that the Humper wasn't going to be on, so I'm promoting Hank Goldberg at four, and what do we get? We get a bait and switch. There's a guy. Oh, my God. So I'm on the way to the track, and there's a Gacky's voice, and I start nodding off and sliding off the road. So immediately, with my last gasp before I got myself killed, punch the button. 
And, of course, there ain't nothing to listen to. I'm not going to listen to Todd Schmidt, who is nothing but lard-ass light, junior. And uh, there is not, the AM band is gone. It's history. No speaking English, i.e. So I punch over to FM. Man, was that a mistake or what? Yes. Wow. No, seriously, as bad as, as bad as it used to be, it's a thousand times worse right yeah, now. There's nothing. You can't complain about radio in South Florida because, generally speaking, there isn't any. So kiss your radio right now that you still got us. It may not be much, but you still got us. Give it a big kiss right now. And the radio, too. Rectum. Right. Boy, just grotesque, horrible stuff. What they have wrought. 1013 at 560 WQM. Don't forget we got the ball game. The Marlins hosting the Diamondbacks. Get out there. Let's have a crowd or something. Bo is at Shula Steak 2 in Miami Lakes from 4 to 7. The Bowmeister. Uh, then you got Turracoon Hotline at 7. Are you going to be on that thing? Yeah. Oh, and then the Beast 8 to 10. So he's got quite, Beast is in for the big oh! at 8. So he's quite a superstar today. It's all Beast all day. If your radio seems to be getting a little bit heavier. Eddie K at 10, and after that it's, uh, in Whatever. fact, all this week we got Howard, we got Mo and the big, oh! Mo and the big, oh! from, uh, 5 to 8, and then Geldy for Joe Rose's on vacation 8 to 10. We forgot to say something. What's that? To the Beast. To who? The Beast? Yeah. It's your birthday? It was, was yesterday, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, oh, let's bring in a big cake, okay? Let's watch him go out right on the air. We got Krispy Kreme donuts. He's already had eight. All right, excellent. There you go. <laughs> Happy birthday to the Beast, and it's been nice knowing him. You know, Voom, speaking of crappy uh, stuff, Voom is not just regular, ordinary crappy TV, but it's high-definition TV delivered via satellite dish and HD receiver. The picture is so superior to regular TV, it's like comparing your latest DVD to a scratchy old Edison flick. Voom is the only entertainment system designed for high-definition TV. Oh, by the way, Edison was a virulent anti-Semite. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Oh, I didn't know that till uh, last night on Biography Channel. You told me. Voom is the only entertainment system designed for high-definition TV. It's got the most HD TV anywhere and provides all the equipment necessary to enjoy the ultimate HD TV experience, including satellite dish, HD receiver, and the remote. Voom has got over 30 channels about 30, man. of HD programming. You can watch ESPN in high-definition, too. That's three times more channels than you get from cable, and they've got all your other favorite channels, too, like HBO, MTV, even your local local channels, even the Ricky Sanchez Show. Voom's got over 120 channels of great entertainment. Voom even has exclusive channels of HD movies, music, and sports that you can't even get from your cable and satellite company. So with Voom, you got all the crap you got now, plus all these awesome high-definition channels as well. Call Voom today at 1-866-848-8666 or visit Voom.com for a limited-time offer that includes free installation, no upfront cost, and no long-term commitment. That's 1-866-848-8666 or Voom.com to start Vooming today. But you better do it this week because the offer ends May 31. Live, live and local, we're Sports Radio 560 QAM. Bill Rogers got Let's abuse some more prisoners. All right. Make them scream nice and loud. Yes. Get me some wires and a battery pack. I don't care if they ain't from my rack. Should be used, used, used to the torture. Because ah. we're just playing their game. In the past, it had to be worse with Saddam Hussein. Oh. 1018 at 560. Geldy, the voice of the Panthers, man. That's pretty exciting news, ain't it? Yeah, okay. Well, see, you don't care because you don't care about the Panthers. If, you, if you're more of a team player, you'd say, yeah, it's one of our own people, man, who isn't yeah. really that bad of a guy. And even with that squeaky voice, he's, uh, you know, making some progress. 
That's what I meant to say. Huh? Good for him. That's yeah, there you go. See, so you don't sound really sincere, but nevertheless. Betty Page is our behind the uh, velvet rope, behind the beaded curtain today. Betty Page, she's 110 years old or close to it. Betty was born on April 22nd, April, uh, you know, like I said, 1923 in Nashville. Her father, you know what her father's name was? Roy! Was an auto mechanic. Her mother, Edna, was part Cherokee. Doesn't say which part. Her parents divorced in 1933. She's 10 years old. Betty and her two sisters are sent to an orphanage in Nashville for a year. She attended Hume Fogg High School, makes straight A's, participates in the debate club and school plays, edits the school newspaper and yearbook, rarely dates. Uh-oh. You know what it means when it says rarely dates? But in this case, I don't think so. Graduates in 1940 recalls that she was crushed of barely missed being named valedictorian by a quarter of a point and loses the chance for a four-year scholarship at Vanderbilt. Enrolled in the Peabody College for Teachers in Nashville on a Daughters of the American Revolution scholarship, she's graduated with a B.A. in 1944, marries Billy Neal sometime in late 41. He's immediately inducted into the armed forces. But he moves to San Francisco with her sister uh, and earns a screen test with 20th Century Fox in 45, which does, does not go well. <laughs> does not go well. She yeah. finds work as a secretary and occasionally models for a fur company, works as a secretary in Haiti for six months in 1947. Upon her return to the States, obtains a divorce from her husband. Moves to New York, works as a secretary. This is just goes on and on. Meets Jerry Tibbs, a policeman and part-time photographer on the beach at Coney Island in the summer 1950. He suggests that she comb her bangs down in front to compensate for her high forehead, and the Betty Page look is born. Oh, my God. How do you like that? I bet you didn't know that. No, I didn't. Not that we care, but there you go. That's where the Betty Page look came from. Something with bangs. Uh, begins she working bangs. full-time as a pinup model. Meets Irvin Claw in 1951. You mess with the Falcon, you get the Claw. Who photographs her in various states of bondage. Betty begins to attain some uh, renown as the queen of bondage. I didn't know that. Did you? Yeah, I did know that. At the time, most of these photo sessions were sold on a lucrative subscription basis. The customers often made specific requests as to the scenes and layouts. Betty has said to have found many of these quite amusing. Appears as a performer in Striparama, burlesque film starring Lily St. Cyr, the famous Vegas showgirl in 53, Varieties, and Teaserama, 54 and 55, soon follow. With Claw producing, she makes at least 50 series of infamous 100-foot short stag films. Much of this work can be seen in the video Uncovered. Around this time, Howard Hughes contacted Claw about meeting Betty and bringing her under his aegis, but she declined the offer. She didn't like the way his uh, aegis looked. In 1954, she meets Bunny Yeager in Florida. Their session together generates some of the most famous Betty Page photos. Some of these were sent to Hugh Hefner, who meets, uh, made Betty Playmate of the Month for January 55 in Playboy. Amazingly, Betty is three months short of 32 years of age at this point. Oh, there's a naked picture of, uh, she was gross. When? She had big hooters. In this picture, man, oh, brother, Groot. It looks like a guy. It looks like one of, you know those pictures at the, uh, at the carnival? At the yeah. circus? All right. Where you have the the head on the uh, your head on somebody else's body, right? right the little cutout thing that you right. stick your head through. Irving Claus arrested for conspiracy to distribute obscene material through the S mail in '63. Betty's called to testify in a private session. She's reported to have said the Claw was absolutely innocent of charges. That's what it says here, the Claw. Around this time, a pornographer is said to have placed Betty's head on another woman's body. See? Oh, that that's the deal. Greatly disturbed by this, Betty spends much of her savings buying up the photos. Burned out of the modeling business, she retires and leaves New York. She decided it was time to retire. 
Marries Arnold Walterson in 58, lives in Key West. The union doesn't work out. On uh, 31st December 59, she's got a religious experience, is born again, dedicates herself to Christianity. How do you like that? Over the next few years, oh she works God. for various Christian organizations, then returns to Nashville in 63. She briefly remarries Billy Neal, perhaps to help her gain entrance into missionary work, but this marriage is also a failure. Irving Claw dies in 66. Betty moves to Florida in 67, marries Harry Lear, and divorces him in 72. Boy, she sure got around. Lives in L.A. with her brother as the Betty Page cult builds through the 80s. In a 1993 interview via phone, she told a reporter from the Lifestyles of Rich and Famous she had no knowledge of any of this, telling him that she was penniless and infamous. Recently, she's hired a law firm to help her recoup some of the profits being made with her likeness. It's been estimated that over 20,000 photos of Betty have been taken. There's one if you're over the age of 100 and have ID to prove it on our behind-the-scenes, uh, behind-the-velvet rope, whatever it is. Now, the examiner reports, because this is all glitzy showbiz crap before we get to the important stuff, and I got a lot of it, so between now we only got till 1230. With all due apologies to the beast who don't want to hear all these bedtime stories. Oh, he don't really care. He's just eating. They're cool. No, they're not. Not in your opinion. Of course, Miguel's probably wandering around. Oh, Miguel shaved his uh, face today. I just want the audience to know that. Who are keeping track. Yes. So you can see how extra fat it is now. Really? Is he getting fat? That's because he's married. And has a That's because he got married. His, his wife kid. is like, uh, you know, she got right. the one kid or two. One. They just had so, the one. So far. That we know of. Right. That we know of. Right. But you know how that goes, George. Yeah, I do. One that we know of, and there may be another one brewing somewhere. Let me tell you about it. Cary Grant Randolph Scott, speaking of making babies, had a gay marriage, says the examiner. Talk about a charade, it says. Legendary movie heartthrob Cary Grant may have had five wives, but his real soulmate was fellow actor Randolph Scott, his secret spouse. Oh, my God. That's the blockbuster revelation in a new documentary movie about the debonair star called Cary Grant, A Breed Apart. Maybe they were breeding. Producers of the film, which debuted at the recent Cannes Film Festival, say they have a menu signed by Scott on which he calls Grant my spouse, and that the macho men were actually a warm and doting couple. Aww. Got a picture here. They're sitting on a uh, in a pool on the... Uh, a pool uh, of what? Water. Oh. On a diving board in the pool, in their bathing suits. And uh, Randolph's got his hands on uh, Carrie's back. Well, maybe he's just putting on the lotion on his... Uh, right. Grant and Scott, who were known was known for his westerns, appeared together in a 1932 flick, Hot Saturday, and became roommates soon after. The handsome pair later posed half-naked together for beefcake photos. According to the documentary, though both men would marry, they remained lifelong lovers. Yeah. Right? What? That word, lover. You should have just seen the motion that George just. Well, why is that? You got the beast sitting there. He and Clarence are lovers. What's wrong with that? In fact, as his birthday gift, Clarence uh, took him to Massachusetts, to Boston this weekend, and they tied the knot. We went to P-town. By the way, speaking of knots, do you ever see a Don Knotts and Suds Coleman together? Same person. Biographer Rob Mosley tells how in the 70s the two, by then old and white-haired, were seen holding hands late one night in the restaurant of a Hollywood hotel. Isn't that lovely? The movie claims Grant's gay tendencies were fueled by his tragic childhood. As a young boy, the British-born star's father lied to him about having his mother committed to an asylum, and he didn't see her or learn the truth for nearly 20 years. Grant, whose many movies include North by Northwest, Charade, and An Affair to Remember, had one child, Jennifer, now 38, with his fourth wife, actress Diane Cannon. No relation to Frank Cannon. Scott had two children with his second wife. But the actors were so close it seemed they could not live without each other, Grant died in 1986 at age of 82. Scott passed away just three months later at the age of 89. I wouldn't be surprised if they were buried side by each, just like Edgar Hoover and uh, Clyde Tolson. Wasn't that his name? 
That was his name. They were, they were buried side by each. Did you know that? Uh, uh, one over in the other. Sweet. In fact, maybe underground. Mm -hmm. Maybe when the earth uh, shakes under Carol King's feet, maybe that's what's going on down there. Maybe there's a little something happening underground. 26 past 10 at 560 WQM here on the Marlins pregame show. If you're still a little bit hesitant to buy a bet over the phone, I can't imagine why, because for over 25 years, millions of people have dialed 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S for the lowest prices on the best brands in betting. You can't beat it. It's the easiest possible way to buy a name brand mattress at an unbeatable price, too. There's absolutely no risk because if it's not perfect in every single way, just call them back for a full comfort exchange. No problem. It's completely free within 30 days. About 30, man. No extra fees, no strings attached. Dollar Mattress is ranked numero uno in customer satisfaction and we're winners of the 2004 Better Business Bureau Local Torch of Excellence Award. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll get the best prices on the best brands with delivery on your schedule and the best customer service in the business. Why would you waste any of your time schlepping from showroom to showroom unless you're some kind of a moron? Dollar Mattress has the complete line of Sealy, Serta, King Coral Simmons, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns and Foster Hewitt. From Kendall to Stewart, Palm Beach to Fort Myers, Dollar Mattress can deliver the finest bedding around. But you need to do what I've been doing for years, along with just about anybody else at QAM. Make that one easy call. That's all you have to do. 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or log on to their website, mattress.com. Live and local, this is Sports Radio 560, QAM. That's you. Absolutely. Ever see Janice Karpinski and Janet Reno together? Hey, now. Same person. One doesn't shake as much. 10.33 as much what? 10.33 at 5.60 <laughs> WQAM. Happy Monday to you. Man, are we happy or what? <laughs> yeah, because we got Marlins baseball at 12.30 with a pregame. What? I'm happy. And you forgot all about it. Yeah, I did. So Until I reminded you this morning. Shocking see, I'm, I'm not, uh, as a matter of fact, I went online last night because I really wasn't aware myself which days. I knew we had a couple of days this week and one next week. Oh! But we got a Marlin game early, like next Wednesday. I don't want to get ahead of myself. This week, Monday and Thursday, we got Marlin baseball. In fact, Thursday, the pregame show is at noon. Yeah. Not that we're trying to, like, uh, screw off or anything like that, but we are. No, who the hell wants to work? Look, if you cannot work and get paid, right. what, what kind of a better deal is there than that? 
I mean, we may have a little less time to save the world, but uh, you know, we'll do the best we can in whatever time. As a matter of fact, if they want to cut their show down like five, ten minutes a day, just for like a little commentary in between the spots, I have no problem with that. I'm not one of those air whores, you know. There are some people, like the Beast, for example, he wants to be on. You remember, who was it that told us that last year? They said one thing about the Beast, whatever show he's on, he wants to dominate. He wants to be on there all day long. And what's wrong with that, I'd like to know. And he's on here today with us because Josh Cordes is going to go over and hold Dave Van Boring's hand during the Marlin game. He's got to do that. And then the Beast is on Hurricane Hotline at 7, and then he's in for the big oh! from 8 to 10. So it's like almost all Beast radio. He's baked in the industry. He's, well, when, and when I'm on and Mo is on and Bo is on, it is uh, pretty much all Beast radio when you come right down to it. Although we don't want to pick on Kim Bocamper because he'll step right on your ass. Yeah. How's that uh, uh, car deal coming out? Oh, it's great. Everything's good. you take good. care of it? Do you get, give you back that 450? No, no. Which of these, here's our poll today. Now, let me give you a little, uh, just a brief background on why I'm taking this poll. Because we've done a religious why poll many times. Why are you taking times. this poll? Oh, well, I was on a plane. By the way, thanks to my good friends at Air Canada. You guys are the best. Please don't go out of business. Uh, so last week's Newsweek, May 24th, which is today, but it's really last week's Newsweek, because the new one comes out today. It's got Ahmed Chalabi, that extorter, criminal, uh, slimeball, uh, liar, uh, traitor, uh, spy, all of these things. They got him on the cover. How much for this have? one? This one has got a picture of, on the front, Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins, uh, their new prophets of Revelation, why their biblical left-behind novels have sold 62 million copies and counting. And oh. it, th there are several articles in this uh, issue which will make you want to puke your guts out uh, about the Bush people and about what they believe and the pop prophets and about the... And, but there's a little poll in here which I found to be staggering. Staggering, and I, I don't care what any of you say. And religion is at the at the root of almost all of the grief and sores and the uh, grotesque crap in the world. The hate, yeah, the killing, the justification, the for intolerance. All of the above, yeah. Anyway, what we believe: a Newsweek poll gauges Americans' opinions on the Book of Revelation and the end times. Thirty-six percent of Americans believe that the Book of Revelation contains true prophecy. Forty-seven percent say it's metaphorical. 55% think that the faithful will be taken up to heaven in the rapture. Oh, my gosh. Oh, now, here comes the one, my favorite. 74% <laughs> of Americans believe that Satan exists. Among evangelicals, the number increases to 93%. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, as a real yeah. good kicker here for you, if you wonder why there's so many crazy people doing so many crazy things, 17% believe that the end of the world will occur in their lifetime. How do you like that? Oi! 17% of Americans believe yeah. the end of the world will occur in their lifetime. That's why I played that the end of the world stuff at the beginning right. of the show. And, of course, there's some of these, naturally, for this is one of the reasons that they're so in love with Israel, although a lot of my Jewish friends in Florida don't understand that and don't want to understand that. Their motives are a little suspect at best. <laughs> Because uh, oh, no. then all the Jews can die, all the non-believers can die. While all the real believers, Jesus right. is going to come down and grab them up there and bring them to heaven. That's right. Just swoop them right up there, or down there, or over there, wherever the hell it is, over to heaven. I thought, uh, what was uh, what's his name was hanging out in heaven? The blonde kid, what is his name? The blonde kid. That was in that movie. He played a male stripper oh, in that movie, Heaven. Uh, Chris Atkins. Chris, Atkins, Chris yeah. is that his name? Yeah. Night in Heaven, yeah. Merv Griffin would know. He used to have him on the show all the time. He had him sit on his lap, I believe. Which of these best describes what you believe? Careful now. This huh? ain't the Don Imus show, all right? We can't make no uh, pornographic <laughs> remarks. Yeah, Imus this morning, we're, watch we're watching and listening on MSNBC. Just the usual, it's an S&M kind of an exercise every morning before our show. And they're throwing in some, some lines on that show, which uh, I, 
I mean, if it was just on the cable yeah. and they dumped it on the radio show, then it's one thing. But if that stuff was going on the radio, wow, 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 it was incredible. And Imus was making this impassioned plea about Opie and Anthony and how they ought to be on the air and what's wrong with Viacom and they have no balls and they should put them back on and how he thinks Opie is his, Opie is his son, all this other crap. And this coming from the mouth of a dead man. You know who really bothers me on that show even more than Imus, because he is what he is, is that ass-licking Charles, you know, the news guy? Mm. Charles McCord. What? Whatever his name, he's an ass looker. That's all. Well, I man, and you know, and all he says all the right things, you know, all the right right wing things. Which of these best describes what you believe? That's our poll question. There we got some votes there already. So let's take a puke at that. It's all a pile of bullshit. Sixty-three. That was my vote. It's all a pile of crap. Out of one hundred and fifty-six votes already, I'm agnostic. I don't know. Forty-seven. That was George's vote. Mm -hmm. Well, because I know you're. Too uh, gutless to say right, right. Just keep saying it. Now just relax, okay? Jesus, you're you're so easy, man. You're just too easy. Yeah. You don't even have to punch the button. Let me punch it. <laughs> See, there you go. No, at least make an exercise. Ow! Yeah. There is a hell, and we're living in it. Twenty four and twenty one. Now, see, I left that ambiguously so that there could be various interpretations. Like maybe they mean South Florida, right? Because like living in hell, which I would agree with that. And or maybe they just mean uh, maybe we are in hell. Did you ever stop and think about that? Oh, yeah. But why are we here? What did we do? What did we do to deserve this? Well, you don't remember it, but you did it. Oh. There is not hell, only heaven for. There is a heaven, hell, and purgatory for. And Armageddon is coming soon, only two. Speaking of Armageddon coming soon, now, President, he's going to be speaking tonight. The networks aren't going to carry it, but, of course, the talking head networks will carry it because they got nothing else to put on. Anybody going to be watching it? No. Beast's not going to be watching, I'll guarantee you that. Yes, I will. Why is that? I, I watch to see uh, what buffoonery comes out of his mouth. Oh, my God. You want to see if his tricycle falls over again? <laughs> yeah. That's bad. Did he lose his training wheels? Oh. making. And then if you go on uh, Miss uh, Fudge Report, you can see the uh, picture of uh, El Presidente with, the, with his nose and his chin all, like, bloodied up a little bit, a little scrape, you know. He's waving. Ah, look at me. I'm a moron. We know that. We know that. See, it would be one thing if he was a moron and it was funny. The problem being, he's a moron and he's dangerous, very, very dangerous, which is why all these people are dying every day. Like at that wedding. It was a wedding. We got the pictures now. Did you see the pictures? No, it wasn't a wedding. Oh, I see. Those Let me streamers? just tell you right now, you know, General Mark Kimmett over there, our spokesman in Iraq, anything yeah. he says, you immediately uh, assume it's a lie. They didn't find any instruments. No, no, they did find instruments, but they were all like smashed to smithereens. They they found the remnants of what used to be instruments, oh, just like they found the remnants of what used to be children. Maybe that's why we lied about how there weren't any children really there, because yeah. we found the remnants of what used to be children, but now are like uh, smashed to smithereens, like those instruments. That wasn't no guitar. It was a instruments table. of mass repression. Ten forty twenty till boy, we better hurry it up. And there's the Michael Moore they just showed briefly at the Cannes uh, Film Festival. Oh! Twenty minutes standing ovation. Wins the award again for the second straight time, like he did with Bowling and Columbine for Fahrenheit 9-11, which will be out this summer, which you will be able to see, and from everything I'm reading about it, is absolutely outstanding. Aren't you reading that? Oh, yeah. All about it. No, seriously. It's a must-see. You know, summertime in South Florida guarantees three things, heat, humidity, and hurricanes. You can't control the weather, but you can control how you protect your home during hurricane season. Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters has installed shutters in over 3,000 homes in South Florida over the past decade. From panels, accordion, roll-down, or Bahamas shutters, Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters makes it easy for you to select the hurricane protection that your home needs. Call them at 954-868-4935 for your free home estimate. If you own a two-story home, you know how much trouble it is using a ladder to put up your shutters. 
but Florida New Code now offers a new steel panel system designed to be installed from the inside on second-floor windows with no need for ladders and falling and breaking your neck. They'll even give you credit for your existing hurricane protection toward any new purchase, too. So call Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters today. Now is the time to do it at 954-868-4935. That's 954-868-4935. Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters, providing South Florida hurricane protection over the past decade. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Absolutely. Each little snake that poisons, each little wasp that stings, he made the brutish venom, he made the orange wings. All he's sick and cancerous, all evil, great and small. Oh! Listerine and gangrene, well, you know, and all the stuff in between. What's not yeah. like? Apocalyptic politics. This article in the same issue of Newsweek, May 24th, last week's Newsweek. The ties that bind Bush and LaHaye have a history and a shared sense of mission, and you will pee your pants when you read that. The yeah, whole thing. I know all about it. The religious people are the crazy people, and they're the scary people, and they're the dangerous people, and they want to lead us down the garden path. The only problem is we don't want to go. No, thanks. We don't want to participate. You For know? your own good. No, thanks. You'll thank I'll pass over. Although El Paso's in Texas, we don't want to go there because you know who's from there. Anyway, General Zinni on 60 Minutes said, and you all saw that, so I don't want to waste my time reading all of this. We didn't all see we, it. Well, I don't, I don't have time. I didn't see it. You didn't see it last night? You're going to watch Bush on TV talking the same crap tonight, but you didn't watch 60 Minutes last night? It was my well, birthday. I was busy. Was it a Hurricane Badminton tournament or something? I was out to dinner. With? My girlfriend. Really? And? We, we had dinner. What would you eat? I had steak. And what did you have? What happened after dinner? We went home and watched The Sopranos. And? It was a good episode. And? Yeah. After that? <laughs> we went to sleep. Together? Separately. In the same place? We're old-fashioned. We have two beds in the same room. You're, wait a minute. You're shacked up with some broad? No! Holy moly! I thought that the news about <laughs> Geldy was exciting. The beast is shacked up with some female. Oh. And she's alive, oh. I think. I didn't ask that question. Is she alive? As far as I know? It's not Esmeralda, is it? Who? <laughs> because Quasimodo did a hell of a job on her is what I'm hearing. Anyway, just I'm, I'm happy for her. That's great. That's a That goes to show all you desperados out there that are wasting your time in those chat rooms and all that other crap and all those porno sites online. Just, right. no. if, if the beast can get laid, man, there's hope for all of you guys. That is really... Huh? 
Go to jdate.com. You'll hook wow, up. Wow, that is fantastic. Well, that's where he hooked up with Clarence. A lot of people thought it was in the building. He answered an anonymous ad on jdate.com, uh, and it turned out to be Clarence. They met in Denny's. Or no, Denny's ain't the kosher. The profile matched so perfect. We met at the Rascal House. At the Rascal House. Oi! General Zinni said they've screwed up. I'm only going to read like two sentences. Retired General Anthony Zinni is one of the most respected and outspoken military leaders of the past two decades. Now in a new book about his career, co-written with Tom Clancy, called Battle Ready, Zinni has handed up a scathing indictment of the Pentagon and its conduct of the war in Iraq. In the book, Zinni writes, In the lead-up to the war in Iraq and uh, to the Iraqi war and its later conduct, I saw it at a minimum true dereliction, negligence, and irresponsibility, and worse, lying, incompetence, and corruption. How do you like that? Oh, my God. Oh, she's getting a workout today. Oh, my God. You go, Grandma. How do you like that? Let me read that one sentence again. I saw at minimum true dereliction, negligence, and irresponsibility, at worst, lying, incompetence, and corruption. They lie like crazy. The same thing with uh, with Vietnam it was exactly the same. For those of us old farts old enough to remember having lived through all of that nightmare, that horror. Oh, everything was going great. They lied about the body count. They lied about everything. But anyway, politicians lying, what a concept. <laughs> that, that really happens. Bible argument spurs boiling oil charge. I'll get the religious stuff out of the way first. Eugene, Oregon. A woman is accused of pouring boiling oil on her boyfriend's face in an argument over a Bible verse. Angela S. Morris, 19, was charged with domestic violence, assault, and jailed on quarter of a million dollars bail. Her 31-year-old boyfriend, whose name was not released, was hospitalized with severe burns on his puss, neck, and chest. The two were reading the Bible at the boyfriend's apartment May 13th when Morris went to... Now, you weren't reading the Bible last night with your uh, lovely lady, were you? Heck no. Oh. The two were reading the... Although somebody probably said, oh, God, that's good, during the course of the evening. We can only hope. We can only pray. The two were reading the Bible at the boyfriend's apartment May 13 when Morris went to the kitchen to prepare french fries, police said. Trafe! Morris told police that they continued to argue and that her boyfriend grabbed her from behind. From behind. Rectum? Yeah. Sounds like my experience at the doctor last week. Very dangerous. Police said he then went to his bedroom to lie down. Morris followed and threw the oil on him, police said. How do you like that? Because they were arguing about a Bible verse. <laughs> All of this stuff written by stupid ignoramuses thousands of years ago. But the Bible says this. See, th this is why there's very little hope for the human race, because we have doddering idiots running around. And what's really important in life is, you know, Christianity or Judaism or Islam. or And then and then these people have got the balls to talk about. What you, oh, no, he's just part of that. So one of those uh, wacko cults. Oh, I yeah. see. A wacko cult as opposed to the mainstream religions. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Archdiocese of Miami settles with sexual abuse victim. Naples. A former altar boy will collect 135 grand from the Archdiocese of Miami to settle a sexual misconduct lawsuit against a defrocked Catholic priest. Oh, before we get into that too deeply, Muff tomorrow morning, because uh, we want to wish him well, he's going for his annual physical examination, or is it a semi-weekly, semi-monthly? He's a real hypochondriac, you know. Attention, man. Yeah. And I said, well, what part of your body are you most concerned about? And he said, Rectum. A former altar boy, speaking of that, will collect 135 grand from the Archdiocese of Miami to settle a sexual misconduct lawsuit against a defrocked Catholic priest. The settlement against Miami Archbishop John C. Favalora and former priest William Romero, no relation to Caesar, was reached earlier this month, said Tell Zum and the victim's attorney, although he does like a good Caesar salad. Archdiocese leaders initiated the settlement, he said. The victim identified in court papers only as A.B. That's the initials, not his name, not A.B. There aren't too many going named A.B., I don't think. 
accused Romero of initiating inappropriate conduct in 1976 when the boy was 12, first at the child's home and later on an overnight stay at the St. Anne Rectumry. An overnight stay. I'd like to know about the parents of these kids who have been molested. Are you people ever going to smarten up or what? No. Are you ever going to wise up? The 66-year-old former priest who resigned from the clergy last year made an internal diocese probe declined comment over the weekend. A spokesman for the Miami Archdiocese declined to discuss the case other than to acknowledge the settlement had been reached under the table. I wonder what else they were grabbing under the table. Zellman said he settled the case at the instruction of his client, now a 40-year-old married father who recently moved from Lee County to California. Romero still faces two other sex abuse lawsuits filed last year in Miami. Southwest Florida was part of the Miami Archdiocese until 84, when Catholic churches in Collier, Lee, Sarasota, and seven other counties became part of the new Diocese of Venice. Now, how is that possible? Have you ever driven through Venice? No. Florida? Italy? Yeah. I no. mean, driven through it. No. On I-75. You know how many people live in Venice? About 30, man. I mean, why would it be the, Ar the Diocese of Venice? It's one of the smaller. It's, it's like a suburb of Sarasota. Stop asking questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Venice, see, it's like Italian. I see. You got Naples and Venice and Firenze and all. So I, I guess they figure it's got that kind of like Vatican uh, yeah, aroma to it. Like a Vatican Prego, stench. Oh, look at this. Terror threat will kill Madonna. <laughs> I'll just shut up. This is from the British online sun. Madonna has axed three gigs in Israel after terrorists threatened to kill her and her kids. Don't let me forget that Bill Cosby story. That, that Don't one forget is the Bill Cosby story. I never liked Bill Cosby until I read that story yesterday. It's on our website. I never liked him. I didn't hate him, but he, I just thought he was annoying, especially with those Jello pudding. Uh, what else was he on besides his own show? Fat Albert. With his Huxtables. No, but beside that, he used to be on some game shows or something. I Spy. Oh, yeah. No, Picture pages. I Spy was actually a good show. That was with Robert Culp. That was the mm -hmm. only good thing he ever did. Picture pages, B-side? Picture pages? What's that? There's a kid's thing. Picture pages, picture pages. Never heard of it. Madonna has axed three gigs in Israel after terrorists threatened to kill her and her kids. The singer was terrified by a blitz, or is that a blintz? Of poison pen letters. Well, she thought maybe Connie made it, just like she made the cannolis for Eli Wallach. She thought maybe Connie made the blintzes. Madge freaked out when she learned of a terrorist plot to kill her two young children if she performed in Israel. She first planned to defy the extremists, but canceled after the unnamed Palestinian group mentioned details about Lords, seven, and three-year-old Rocco in a series of threatening letters. I guess that's Lourdes. A source said the notes were unbelievably scary. Madonna's a strong woman, but she freaked out when her kids were mentioned. At first, she was prepared to go on stage anyway and hire extra security, but she wasn't ready to take chances with her kids. They're her whole world, it says here. The threats were sent to the singer's offices in L.A. They became more frightening as they displayed in-depth knowledge of the star's closest aides. The source added it became clear that these people were not messing around. They were real serial men. They even knew intimate details like who her personal staff are. She thought she was being targeted because of her Jewish Kabbalah religion, which I never heard of that until this morning and you knew about it. Kabbalah. What did I call it? Kabbalah. Whatever the hell it is. I, I don't Isn't know that what that is. Afghanistan? That's right, Kabbalah. Yeah, Kabbalah, it's in Afghanistan, it's right. It's Jewish mysticism. Ahmed Karzai, by the way, is a former member of uh, Chevron board. How to build a golem and other things. How to build a goyim? <laughs> but this group were threatening her because she represents many things they hate about the West. Madonna married the Brit film director Guy Ritchie. Has not performed in Israel since her 1993 Girly Show. Oy. She had booked three dates in September at the Tel Aviv Stadium, including a televised concert on 9/11 to mark the third anniversary of the Al Qaeda attacks. Madonna's people last night insisted the Israel leg of a reinvention tour has been canceled because the singer wants to concentrate on Europe. 
But insiders say nothing except the security alert would have stopped her traveling to Tel Aviv because now she's like an Erzatz Jew. I, I didn't know that. Kabbalah? Kabbalah. Kabbalah? And what's the thing at, uh, at Pesach that uh, Zach was teaching me about, about the... Uh, the Chupacabra. No, no, the thing that they they search for, even the beast must know. The Apicolum. Well, don't say it like I'm supposed to know what that is. You don't know what that is? The it's yapi, one thing to be Jewish, but some of you guys at QM are a little bit too Jewish, if you know what I mean. That's what, yeah. that's what Hank used to call Duff. The Apicado? The oh, I, I wonder what he meant by that. I, I used to hear yeah, all nicknames. Yeah. Hank would be looking for Duff and no one could find him. Yeah. So he said, go search for the Afikoman. I see. Well, maybe if he looked up his rectum, he might find him. 10.57. How's the Humper doing, by the way? I didn't see him this last uh, time around. I guess he's How, fine. How's he doing what? At the uh, dinner table. Come on, Hank. Push it away, okay? Push that food away. I want him alive next time I come back. I want to see him in the flesh. And boy, there's a lot of it. Hey, spring of the savings right now and save like never before on a great new car or truck from Armstrong, Toyota of Homestead. They're on US-1, just 20 minutes south of the 836. What's not to like? Armstrong, Toyota of Homestead is worth the drive no matter where you live because they're going to save you so much cash, thousands and zillions on great new unbeatable Toyotas. Check out the great lease deals they have for you right now. An 04 Camry or 400, just 269 a month for 48 months. How about an 04 Highlander, just 309 a month? Need a truck? How about an 04 Toyota Tundra? It's the safest truck in the USA. You pay just 179 a month for 48 months. These are just some of the great savings waiting for you right now at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. In fact, the service department is open late to late weeknights to make sure your service work is done. That's how uh, much work they'll do for you to make sure that you walk away happy whatever you are, camper. And wait till you hear this. Armstrong Toyota of Homestead offers your feet, tires, batteries, and replacement parts for the life of your vehicle, which nobody else knows where it does. Let me say it again. Tires, batteries, and free parts for life. So forget about those big uh, car giants who have those screaming car spots and overpromise and always underdeliver. Get yourself an unbeatable deal from David Rich, the GM at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. You'll find them easy to uh, get to. U.S. 1293rd Street in Homestead, just 20 minutes south of the 836. Here's their number. It's 305-242-3247 for the deal of a lifetime. 305-242-3247. Drive a little and save a ton on that great new Toyota at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. Live and local. This is 560. The radio is all yours now. People are ice holes. You've seen him on Channel 7 News. First, as a two-bit reporter. Now, as a two-bit anchor that wears more makeup than Tammy Faye Baker and Mary Kay combined. Rick Sanchez sings. Hear the dulcet tones of the man who brought you Crime Check, Rick Sanchez. Like a garage, Rick Sanchez. Rick Sanchez sings. Don't miss Rick Sanchez in his pasty face tour over Hialeah. It's one show you won't want to mistake for a good one. Rick 
Sanchez. He loves his audience. I accept you as a precious gift from God. Oh, God. 1103 at 560, and then you see that Rick Sanchez may have been lying about, because uh, now we got witnesses saying that he watched the, some of the abuse of the prisoners. Yeah, Rick Sanchez. Did you see that? General Rick Sanchez. Oh. And he said, I already have a homosexual relationship with Neil, so I might as well have one with you, too. That's what he told a prisoner, Patrick McGowan. Anyway, 286 votes on the poll. Which of these best describes what you believe? I'm a little bit uh, giddy because of that ball game coming up. Pre-game at 1230, baby. <laughs> 1 o'clock, 105. Diamondbacks at your Florida Marlins. Be there or be square. Beast is going to be there. He's got free tickets. I got, got a press pass. pass. Now, do you go up and uh, schmooze with him in the box? Well, you know, it's uh, it's inside. There's air conditioning, of course. Of course, and you can probably free food too. I no, would it's imagine. not free. It's not free. You have to pay for your food in a press box. Yeah. What kind of crap is that? I, I agree. They now, do, do have, like. They, they do have the Carvel ice cream though. I know that. Are they ever going to get any real ice cream in there? The only thing I like about the Carvel ice cream at the stadium is that you can get like a hot fudge sundae, like on chocolate ice cream, and have them put like a whole bunch of cherries and cherry juice on it. Ooh. Oh man, do you ever have that? Oh, of course. Well, try that this afternoon. It's been nice knowing you. 292 votes. Which of these best describes what you believe? It's all a pile of bullshit, 127. That's our very uh, astute audience out there who are like a cut above. I don't care what anybody says. Don't confuse our audience with the callers, okay? A lot of people say, oh, gee, nothing but morons listen to the deal. Do you hear those? The callers have got nothing to do with the listeners. Thank goodness. Don't ever be uh, get a jaded view of life just because we got a bunch of blabbering idiots out there who call the show every day. Because generally speaking, not entirely, but hey, generally look. speaking, people who call radio talk shows are uh, a cut below. They've been cut below a little bit too uh, tight. It's all a pile of crap, 127. I'm agnostic. I don't know, 77. I haven't got a clue. There is a hell, and we're living in it, 35. There is a heaven and a hell, 27. Uh-oh. There is a heaven, hell, and purgatory, 11. Maybe purgatory is like Palm Beach County. <laughs> There is not hell, only heaven, eight. Isn't that sweet? There's only heaven. No hell. God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't have you be burning in that lake of fire for eternity, squirming and screaming and painful. He'd rather give you, like, uh, lung cancer. And Armageddon is coming soon, seven, 2.3%. They must know the script for tonight's Bush speech. Five six seven oh five sixty. Let's get one or two calls in. What do you say? Just to prove that we do have some articulate calls. Right. We took one in the first hour. It was great. It was about the fact that it's going to cost the 80 bucks a gallon of gas by the 4th of July. WQM, hello. Neil? Yes, sir? How you doing, sir? Okay. I got a question to you about this uh, nonsense with uh, Howard and all that. With what? With Howard. Why with did Howard? they... Howard uh, Stern there. Oh, Howard Stern. I thought you meant Mo Howard now, Daly. Why... Absolutely. Why did they find him... What is it? What happened to this guy? I didn't take him. He crashed. Look, I think they I think they just chopped this guy up. Call me back because it sounded like something not real exciting, but uh, marginally. I don't understand. First of all, they didn't find him. They find uh, Infinity, which is Viacom. They find the stations that he's on. They don't find you yet. Speaking of that, but that's a good segue to this next uh, bedtime story. Air America seeks to clear debts. Oh, my God. There she goes again. See... I don't want to pick on them, especially since we're hoping Randy does real well. Howard! And uh, we're pulling for Randy. Anybody else on there we don't really care that much about, including Al Franken, who don't belong on here in the first place, or Janine Garafalo, who also. But if I'm going to start an enterprise like that, and I'm going to make, you know, blow a lot of smoke about it and get a lot of publicity and go on all over TV, don't you think that up front, before we start the venture, that 
we have some cash. Yeah, like if I was going to open a hot dog stand. Or right. They didn't. For that they matter. didn't yeah. make the payroll at the end of the first week. Right. right. For Air America. <laughs> and no, seriously, I mean the Beasleys are notorious for like uh, you know holding on to your money as long as they can, but at least sooner or later you get paid. Sounds like the Affin. The Affi Komen. Yeah, that's why that decision didn't get over. Jews don't turn that far over to the right. Most Jews are more to the left, except the ones that I met last week. Boy, I, I tell you, I had a rough week down there. I had a great week, actually. got a lot accomplished. It was fun. But I had a rough week in meeting Jews. Boy, everybody I talked to, lawyers and all kinds of guys. Oh, uh, it's, he's good for Israel. Uh, how could you vote against Bush? He's good for Israel. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Oh. Air America seeks to clear debts. Liberal Talk Network Air America is seeking to raise new money in efforts to pay off debts and steer the business toward profitability. A group of early investors that include Florida attorney Mike Papantonio, Chicago entrepreneur Sheldon Drobny, and Real Networks chairman Rob Glazer have committed to invest new capital. Well, that's a good start. You know how much they're putting in? Eight bucks. Investor Doug Krieger has assumed the role of CE, oh! succeeding Evan Cohen. This venture is not dead. It's not going to die, Papantonio told Reuters. I'm a businessman, and I see this as a great business opportunity. Air America has racked up unpaid debts, which include payroll to sales forces it hired in Chicago, L.A., and San Francisco, but was forced to let go after backing out on plans to lease radio stations in those markets. The company has a goal of raising $8 million. Papantonio, who hosts a Saturday Air America show with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., said the company is already well on its way to raising that amount. Air America's most popular talk shows include the O'Franken Factor with Al Franken and the Majority Report with actress Janine Garofalo. They left our friend Randy out of here, damn them. Howard! The network's made efforts from what we're hearing. She's got the only real show on the whole network. Isn't that all the reports that we're hearing and reading? That's what we need. Yeah, and even Katrina Vanden Heuvel at the Nation gave her a nice write-up there after the first week. The network has made efforts to get Democratic presidential nominees uh, slash Massachusetts Senator John Kerry to spend more of his campaign money on ads aired on Air America. Well, I would think he'd probably want to be on places where there actually are people listening. Air America President John Sitton will remain in charge of the advertising effort as Air America struggles, and they've just barely gotten off the ground. Even the Wright brothers never had this much trouble getting off the ground. Pretty shocking. Wedding video contradicts U.S. denials. A videotape emerged today, and we've seen it. You've seen it, right? Yeah, I have a lot. B, B see it? I saw parts of it, yeah. Did they show it on ESPN? <laughs> yeah, right, right after well, the sports Well, they must have if you saw it. No, I'm not like that. What? I'm not a sports nerd. Well, tell Clarence you're not like that, okay, next time he puts a move on you? He, he was in there adjusting his package on Friday, repeatedly Friday morning. I was so embarrassed in him. I, I want to crawl under the table, you know? And he denies it. He said, I, I didn't do that. Sure you did. You think I would make something up like something that grotesque? Even somebody as uh, sick as me has, doesn't have a, a vivid imagination like that. Oh, and speaking of grotesque things, before I get into this thing about the wedding video, uh, did Todd Dreck or anybody bring you a piece of copy that I don't see being faxed to no, me yet? No, 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 Because I made it extraordinarily clear, if he wouldn't have wasted that five minutes hocking me a whole song and a dance this morning and uh, stepping all over my uh, life, and he would have been busy uh, taking care of business, I would have that in my hand right now and be prepared for the 1120 break. But, of course, I don't have it in my hand, or 1125, whenever we're going to do it, because Todd Reck is busy uh, screwing off or screwing something. God, well, just an accident waiting to happen. So you don't have anything? No, 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 no. You're going to scratch those off again today. Wouldn't that be? And then I'll get blamed for it. Oh, it's that deal. Yeah, scratch this. A videotape emerged today that apparently showed the wedding party in Iraq that survivors say was attacked by U.S. warplanes 
Last week, in raids that killed up to 45 people, the U.S. military has admitted launching airstrikes at targets near the Syrian border last Tuesday, but insisted it attacked a safe house for foreign insurgents and that there was no evidence of a wedding. The top U.S. military spokesman in Iraq, Brigadier General Mark Kimmett, who lies like crazy, told reporters at the weekend that there could have been some kind of celebration, but said bad people have celebrations, too. Oh, man. How can they the, be foreign insurgents? He insisted there were no decorations, no musical instruments found, no large quantities of food or leftover servings one would expect from a wedding celebration. However, the video obtained by APTN, which lasts for several hours, shows a large wedding party and separate footage shot by AP cameramen the following day, shows fragments of musical instruments, pots and pans, and brightly colored beddings used for celebrations scattered around a bombed-out tent. There were also fragments of ordnance that appeared to have U.S. markings and fragments of people that used to be human beings, including lots of little children. An AP reporter and photographer who interviewed more than a dozen survivors a day after the bombing were able to identify many of them on a wedding party video. You ready for that? Yeah. The survivors say dozens of missiles were launched at, uh, uh, late at night after the festivities had ended and that women and children were among those killed, as were the bride and groom. Oh, brother. Say, that'll learn them. I've heard the expression killer wedding, but this puts new emphasis on it, don't you think? Puts brand new meaning. Sick. Oh, we didn't do that. We don't kill no little children. Stuttering Gilfax is here. Talk about religion. Somehow our account receivables department has found God. They bring in all this religious music sermons that give me all kinds of BS. Then I uh, tell them I only have one God. He's on tended to Monday through Friday. Ew, God. Isn't that cute? I tell them the Bible is a book written year after year. They say, why hasn't Neil God written a book? Answer, the government will ban the truth, but won't ban the Bible, which is so hypocritical and just a book. Says Stuttering Gil at home. Says, Good luck to you, Stuttering Gil. We'll pray for you. Neil God. God. What a heathen. We need a lot more heathens. We need to be out there on street corners peddling the uh, the truth. We should make some of those uh, sandwich board signs like they Some of those sandwich board signs says, use your brain. Yeah. Use your brain. Forget about God. Forget about baloney. Forget about Bibles. Forget about superstitious hocus pocus. Forget about life after death and heaven and hell and purgatory and the freaking devil. The only devils, uh, for crying out loud, are in New Jersey and they lost. Did you get that copy yet? <laughs> 1113 at 560 WQAM. Hey, Todd, here's something for you. God, what an idiot. You know, Voom is TV, but not just your regular, ordinary TV, which everybody's got. It's high-definition TV delivered by a satellite dish and HD receiver. The picture is so superior to regular TV, you won't believe it. The quality is like comparing the very latest DVD to an old Edison cylinder. Voom is the, by the way, he's an anti-Semite. Voom is the only entertainment system designed for high-definition TV. Voom has got the most HD TV anywhere and provides all the equipment necessary to enjoy the ultimate HD TV experience, including the satellite dish, HD receiver, and the remote even. And Voom has got over 30 channels about 30, man. of HD programming. You can watch ESPN even in high-definition, Beast. ESPN, aren't you on it all day? I know you're not like that. That's three times more than you get from cable, and they've got all your other favorite channels like HB oh. and MTV, even your local channels, too. Boom has got over 120 channels of great entertainment. Boom's even got exclusive channels of HD movies, music, and sports that you cannot get from your cable or satellite company. So with Boom, you get all the stuff you've got now, plus all these awesome high-definition channels on top of it. So call Boom today for a limited-time offer. That expires in a week, by the way. You better do this right away. Call 1-866-848-8666 or visit Boom.com for the special offer. That includes free installation, no upfront cost, and no long-term commitment either. Start booming today. Call 1-866-848-8666 or check them online at voom.com. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM.
Stick it and stick it. Love and I see that 560 WQM, land of the free, used to be, and home of the uh, Braves. Braves suck, by the way. I think everybody knows that. Don't they know that? Yes. That's because they found out that Mo was a Braves fan. They got rid of all their good players. They stink. Let's take a quick call, shall we? WQM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. How are you, boss? Pretty good. Uh, talking about the wedding you were just talking about. Right. I, I love the quote from our military that, when was the last time you heard about a wedding at 3 o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. It just goes to show the cocoon that we live in as Americans. Yeah, the wedding wasn't at 3 o'clock in the morning. The wedding was long over by then. Right. But even if it was at 3, who knows what other cultures have their time they have their wedding. Yeah. Who are we to judge what that is? Well, a lot of people are you know, probably so embarrassed they want to get married in the uh, dark of the uh, night. Exactly. Another question for you, too. On Friday, I know you got that hot tip at the at the horse track. How'd that work out for He's you? He's still running. <laughs> Go, Marlon. Have a great day, Pally. Yeah, we got a hot tip at the track on a horse that had no chance and uh, didn't bet a lot of money on it, a few uh, bucks on the double, and he had no chance. None. He was over his head. He was stepping up and uh, never got in the race. A no-go. But anyway, that's all right. That's okay. My friend Brad Kramer bailed me out at Hazel Park. Oh, thank goodness for those Hazel Park guys, okay, because some of you guys at uh, Pompano Park, wow. Whoo! Anyway, here's a fact that says, I'm so glad that somebody else with a brain saw that preposterous story in Newsweek about the Rapture and the End Times. Oh, my God. My roommate subscribed to that magazine. When I saw the cover, I just wanted to collapse into a corner weeping for days. Why did he weep? Where are these people going to disappear to? By what means? Where will they go? To heaven? Where's that? Oh, it's up there. It's a bird. It's a plane. Why would the supreme being of the universe responsible for such phenomenon as quantum singularities and photosynthesis create such a cumbersome method for saving people? The entire scenario is absurd any way you look at it, and anybody who buys into even one hundredth of a percent of any of this nonsense is a pathetic fool. And I can say that with experience because, like George, I used to be one of those people, and I literally believe that you would just disappear when the rapture happened. Is that what you believe? Yeah, something like that, or maybe... No, seriously, what does that mean? That you disappear when the rapture happens. You go to heaven. You're caught up with him in the clouds. Jesus rubs a balloon on his head, and the static cling pulls all the faithful up to it. Anyway, how's that pull coming, Neil? Let's just pretend we didn't hear what George just said. He's uh, being amusing. Which of these best describes what you believe? 362 votes. It's all a pile of bullshit. 152. Well, 42% of this very astute audience have got the courage, the balls, the fortitude to say, hey, you don't have to be a genius to know it's a pile of crap. It's like if you're walking in the backyard and you're blindfolded. Mm-hmm and you smell it, and you step in it. You don't have to be a genius to know it's a pile of crap. See what I'm saying? It's a pile of crap. The aroma God, itself should tell you. And then when you step in it, that squishy feeling under your feet. Oh, I'm sorry. 
It's all a pile of crap, 152. I'm agnostic. I don't know, 102, 28%, who just like George are like hoping that, hoping maybe to learn something. No, you see, but... you're reading stuff into it. What? Well, but what was wrong with that? I was trying to be uh, kind, to no, be generous. No, you're not. You're hoping. Who's hoping for anything? No one what are you hoping? For... Why do you say hoping? That means nothing. Nobody's hoping for anything. You there don't is know. a hell and we're living in it, 45. There is a heaven and a hell, 32. Uh-oh. I know where we're all going. There's a heaven and hell and a purgatory, 12. Well, let's stop off in purgatory and kind of like a, a holding place till we decide which direction we want to go. I in, think huh? that's here. I think we're in purgatory. There is no no hell, only heaven, 11. And Armageddon's coming soon. I bet you Robert Creeper voted for that. Nine. Yeah. Hey, by the way, nice people you jumped into bed with, Robert. All these right-wing lunatics, okay, who want you, who know damn well that when Armageddon comes, you're going to be one of them people who's going to die a wicked death. In fact, he's, you know what they're going to turn Robert Creeper into? A bar of soap used in hell. And you know how fast that's going to melt down there? How fast? That's why I'm glad I use that body wash now. I bought a whole bunch Liquid of it. Liquid soap. Huh? Liquid soap. Right, whatever you want to call it. You, Liquid soap. Do you have a loofah? I beg your Wait, pardon? That. Is that yeah. like the Afi Coleman? Yeah. What is that? Loofah gloves. They got nubby. It's not a glove. No, it's like a little no, uh, no, thing no, on a stick. It's like I, a little... What? Stick <laughs> what? Have to use a <laughs> on a stick. It's stick with like a little Brillo loofah thing on the end. I use oh, one. Oh, brother. Great. Well, in your case, I, I can... Can you see Beast trying to take a shower? Oh, the my very God. Very long, to All of his parts stick. that need to be uh, exhumed. <laughs> I mean, uh, wow. He's got the shower massage on an extra long hand. A lot of area to cover. I'll bet. You probably got that, like, uh, the one on a hook. Like, the, the one with it's, the big, the long, it's like a boomerang. The hook is to pry the folds apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh. As Cos tells it, we ain't learned nothing yet. Bill Cosby, like I said, I never really cared that much about him, especially them jello spots. always hated that. And I never thought he was funny. I thought he was a good actor in I Spy. It was a good series. But I never thought he was funny. Did you? No. Not even, not even mildly amusing, and I'm going to say it for the 40 millionth time. Whoever heard of a black family named the Huxtables? But anyway, Bill Cosby was anything but politically correct in his remarks at Constitutional Hall Bash in Washington commemorating the 50th anniversary of Brown versus Board of Education decision. To everyone's astonishment, <coughs> laughter and applause, Cosby mocked everything from urban fashion to black spending and speaking habits. Now we're talking. Ladies and gentlemen, the lower economic people are not holding up their end in this deal, he said Monday night. These people are not parenting. They're buying things for kids. $500, $500 sneakers for what? And they won't spend $200 for hooked on phonics. They're standing on the corner and they can't speak English, he said. I can't even talk the way these people talk. Why you ain't? Where you is? And I blamed the kid until I heard the mother talk. Then I heard the father talk. Everybody knows it's important to speak English except these knuckleheads. You can't be a doctor with that kind of crap coming out of your mouth. When Cosby finally concluded, Howard University President H. Patrick Swigert, NAACP President Kwesi Mufumi, he's related to Weezy, and NAACP Legal Defense Fund head Theodore Shaw came to the podium looking stone-faced. Huh? Shaw told the crowd that most people on welfare are not African-American, and many of the problems his organization has addressed in the black community were not self-inflicted. How do you like that? Actually, there was a longer version of this story, too, about uh, complaining about getting shot by cops after stealing coke and stealing this, and what are you people stealing for in the first place? He really made a, very, a lot of very obvious uh, intelligent comments. And the fact is that in those 50 years, there's been so little progress, you know? I mean, if you're really light-complected by Roland Cole and Powell, then you might get ahead in life. 
Or if you got like the inside, if you like a total sellout like Condoleezza, then you might get ahead of life, make a few bucks. Yeah. A total sellout from right. the Chevron total. Board of Directors. Soldier who deserted in Iraq gets year in jail, bad conduct discharge. I guess everybody knows that, right? Everybody. Staff Sergeant Camillo Mejia received the maximum penalty for not returning to his Florida National Guard unit after a two-week furlough in October. He says uh, he got a year in prison. He says he doesn't regret making the decision after seeing the horrors of an oil-driven war. I have no regrets, not one, he said before the jury of four officers and four enlisted soldiers met for 20 minutes, then handed down his sentence. He told the jurors he was not afraid of going to prison. I'll take it because I will go there with my honor, knowing I've done the right thing. And he is... Absolutely correct, sir. You go, Camillo. 20 cents. Isn't that what uh, Fat Rich was telling me that night? He may be living pretty soon at the Camillo house. Well, Camillo's not going to be there. Oh, and look at look at this. Look at what? It's 27 past oh, yeah. 11 at QAM. Do we have that? Uh, no. No, we don't. You do. so vigorously, we don't. You gotta. It's the breakfast cereal that gives you a reward every time you open the box. Introducing Carry Charms. Every box is full of bronze stars, purple hearts, green clovers, purple hearts, orange moons, purple hearts, and lots and lots of purple hearts. In fact, you'll be getting one every time you take a bite or break a nail. Look for the box shaped like a giant head. Carry Charms. They're magically suspicious. They're part of a fair and balanced breakfast. And be sure to try Carry Ego Waffles, a breakfast that never gives you a straight answer. Carry Ego Waffles. Try them and you'll say, Carry, let go of that ego. Hey, Ego Waffles. 11.30, we got a ball game coming up, boy, and we, are we excited about that? Yeah. Or what? we got the Marlins hosting the Diamondbacks, fourth and final game of the series. 105 is game time. 12.30 is our pregame show. Marlins on Drek. Speaking of Todd Drek, uh, so the deal is what? I bet you haven't seen hiding or hair of that child, right? Right. Cool. What did I tell you? Comes in, the, and again, this, see, I don't want to go into the details because it's nobody's business, but just generally speaking, okay, he comes in this morning while you're out taking a leak or something, and pop, 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 pop like that. No, and I said, rather than just going ahead and taking care of something he knew had to be done, you see what I'm saying? What are you rather saying? than doing that, he's wasting his time bending my ear. Did he get the job done? No. Did no. he have the copy? No. Did the spot run? No. no. It's a nice job, Todd. I may have to rethink my position on that whole issue. You know, no, it was from told by Duff that, uh, you know, he was waiting for the, you've heard it. Right. Bada beep, bada boop, bada yeah, right. Waiting for Christmas. The war in Iraq continues to tarnish the approval ratings of President Bush. All right. Evaluations of the way Mr. Bush is handling the war in Iraq, how he's handling foreign policy, and how he's handling his job overall, and how he's handling that tricycle, are now at their lowest levels ever in his presidency. Mr. Bush's overall job approval ratings continue to decline. 41% approve of the job he's doing as president. 41% he's down to. While 52% disapprove, the lowest overall job rating of his presidency two weeks ago was 44. A year ago, two-thirds approved. 61% of Americans now disapprove of the way Mr. Bush is handling the situation in Iraq, while just 34% approve, which is why he's tonight making the first of his 800 speeches. But a beep, but a boop, but a bop. Ask, and uh, he's, uh, who's, who's getting the key, uh, keys to the kingdom in Iraq? Do we know on June 30th? No. no. He's just tossing them up in the air and saying it's going to be a free-for-all. Just grab them. Anybody want them? Grab them. keys. As concern about the situation in Iraq grows, 65% now say the country is on the wrong track, matching the highest number ever recorded in CBS News polls, which began asking this question in the mid-1980s. Let me read that part again. Could you? 
65% of Americans, even as dumb as they are, now say the country is on the wrong track, matching the highest number ever recorded in CBS News polls, which began asking this question in the mid-80s. Only 30%... About 30, man! Uh, ...currently say things in this country are headed in the right direction. A year ago, April 2003, 56% of Americans said the country was headed in the right direction. Now they're saying it's in the wrong direction, especially on the West Coast. The last time the percentage that said the country was on the wrong track was as high as it is now is back in November of 94. Then Republicans swept into control in both houses of Congress for the first time in decades. Majorities disapprove of the way Mr. Bush is handling foreign policy and the economy. Terrorism remains the only positive area for the president. A majority of 51% approve of the way he's handling the campaign against terrorism. I'd like to know what that campaign is, but that number matches his lowest rating ever on that topic. Just 37%, the lowest number in his presidency, now approve Mr. Bush's handling of foreign policy, while 56% disapprove. Mr. Bush's ratings on the economy are similar. 36% say, yeah, good, and 57% say, uh-uh, bad. How do you like that? Dropping like a rock. UN decries incursion into Gaza. Palestinian top killed in Israeli search for tunnels. A three-year-old Palestinian girl was shot and killed yesterday in Rafah refugee camp in the Gaza Strip, the fifth day of Israeli searches and house demolitions that a senior U.N. official condemned as completely, completely unacceptable. Meanwhile, in the West Bank town of Nablus, four people were wounded when a suicide bomber blew himself up near an Israeli army checkpoint yesterday. One soldier was slightly wounded. Three Palestinians were hurt, one seriously. The Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine claimed responsibility, saying it was a response to the Rafa incursion. They hit us, we hit them back. And it just goes on and on and on. And all these little kids are dying on both sides. Innocent but pain in the ass bystanders. Israeli troops entered the outskirts of Rafa overnight, pressing their offensive in search of arms smuggling tunnels and militants. They said 90 tunnels have been found and destroyed since 2000, though only one had been discovered during the current operation. Well, I guess it was worth it then, right? Absolutely. Forty-one Palestinians have been killed since Operation Rainbow began last Tuesday, including uh, gunmen and eight demonstrators hit by a tank uh, shell during a protest march. The three-year-old girl was shot dead yesterday in the camp's Brazil neighborhood, from which troops had withdrawn the day before, Palestinian hospital officials said. Relatives said Rawan Mohammed Abu Zaid was killed by a shot to the head while walking to a shop. We were playing in the house when uh, she told me she wanted some candy, her 19-year-old brother said crying uncontrollably on the phone. There was no one in the street but the uh, but the kids, not even other adults, he said. The Army said it had no reports of shooting in the area. Maybe she was a suicide. That's what it was. Just like Jason Williams' dog. I think it was a suicide, don't you? Absolutely. That was it. Surgeons. Maybe she couldn't find a candy. Maybe she didn't have any cash to buy the candy, and she just, like, blew her brains out, then blamed it on those poor Israelis. That must have been it. And? And? The day the tanks arrived at Rafa Zoo. Among ruined houses, a haven for Gaza's children lies in rubble. Asked to be directed to the latest wave of Israeli destruction in Rafa's Al-Brazil neighborhood, and many fingers point toward the zoo. Amid the rubble of dozens of homes that the Israeli army continued yesterday to deny demolishing, the wrecking of the tiny but only zoo in the Gaza Strip took on potent symbolism for many of the new homeless. Oh, they're not doing that. The butchered ostrich, the petrified kangaroo cowering in a basement corner, the tortoises crushed under the tank treads, all were held up as evidence of the pitiless nature of the Israeli occupation. People are more important than animals, said the zoo's co-owner, Mohammed Ahmed Juma, whose house was also demolished, but the zoo is the only place in Rafa that children could escape the tense atmosphere. There were slides and games for children. We had a small, a small swimming pool. I know it's hard to believe looking at it now, but it was beautiful. Why would they destroy that? Because they want to destroy everything about us, he said. 
And there's a picture here, a Palestinian kid holding up a badly injured raccoon after pulling it from the rubble of the destroyed zoo in the uh, Brazil section of the Rafa refugee camp in the southern Gaza Strip. Raccoons? It's an injured coon. They found Howard's wig? Oh, I didn't say muskrat. Oh, we call so. them varmints. Where I Many of from. the animals at the small zoo either escaped or died in the destruction, the owner said. Israeli troops pulled back from two neighborhoods in this sprawling Palestinian refugee camp Friday, leaving behind dozens of demolished and damaged homes, torn up roads, and flattened cars, and a zoo that's uh, blown to uh, bits. I just mentioned that in passing. Like I've been trying to tell you, on both sides, crazy as a bed bug, lunatics, but again, you got people with bombs and people with stones on the other side. I just mentioned that in passing, too, okay? And boy, was I, I was, I was I kind of like a lot of those people I talked to last week, once upon a time, looking at it through uh, colored glasses, through Halavah colored glasses, the whole situation. I was brainwashed about the Cuba thing all my life. There you go. And sooner or later, you start taking a look at the reality of what's really going on, and you start reading things and viewing things and listening to rational people talking about things, and you say to yourself, holy crap. We don't need no Israel. We don't need no Palestine. We don't need any of this crap, okay? We need rational, sane people, okay? That's what we need. Is it going to happen? No. No. And, and I'm going to tell you seriously, if, if there's any of these people, I mean, the idea of these Jews for Bush and Schwarzes for Bush, if this really goes on, and uh, America's got no hope at all. Anybody no. could be that stupid. I mean, I know about Armstrong Williams, okay? He's on the payroll. But other than that, and Condoleezza and uh, Colin, they're on the payroll, sure. too, on the inside. Which of these best describes what you believe? That's our poll question today on NeilRogers.com. 426 votes. It's all a pile of crap. Bullschmidt, 180, 42.2%. I'm agnostic. I don't know. 119, 28% emotional cripples. There is a hell, and we're living in it, 53. There is a heaven and a hell, 37. There is a heaven, hell, and purgatory, 14. Oh, let's stop off, like I said, in purgatory for a sandwich anyway. Before we go down, as long as it's there is, Reuben. there is no. <laughs> oh, he'll be there. There is no hell, only heaven. Thirteen and Armageddon is coming soon. Oi, Ten. Oi. Read that. I'm telling you, probably he's still on the newsstands. If not, to find somebody who's got it. Last week's article. Oh, read, read the whole magazine. You'll never come out of the house again. You'll be like cowering in the basement like that kangaroo. Apocalyptic politics, baby. And on the front cover, no less. Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins with these bubble mices and 62 million copies. Although the one good thing about uh, who's buying these books, if I can find it, there's only about 600 pages of this crap in here. There's a thing about the people who are buying the books. Uh, where is it? Uh, I'll find it. I'll get to it. we got only very... Here we go. The core buyer of these born-again um, revelation-based, all this uh, bullcrap Armageddon uh, wishing book, the core buyer is a 44-year-old born-again Christian woman, married with kids, living in the South. Mm -hmm. You following this? Okay. Oh, yeah, I know. Lindy England come to mind. Trailer trash. Jerry Ew. Springer show. Ew. Huh? Ew. Ricky Lake. 44-year-old born-again Christian woman, married with kids, living in the South, probably in a trailer park. And she's reading the Pop Prophets books, Armageddon, Desecration, The Unraveling, uh, Soul something, Harvest. All of these things, yeah. and left behind. And, of course, uh, when it comes to tra those trailer trash, they're big in the Wreck them. behind, you know? That's what I hear. You know, some of them trailers are just as nice That's as what Linda England home. said. She said she was big in the old behind. And we have a video. And in fact, she liked to spank it. Ow! A lot. Ow! 20 till noon at 560 WQM. Man, I'll tell you one thing. I like these two and two and a half hour shows. My God, <laughs> the pressure is unbelievable. 
we got to really move fast here and get all of our crap in and then just to mosey on out of here real fast, which makes for a nice early lunch. Is your company suffering from regulations and increased labor costs? Uh-huh. Let Oasis Outsourcing help you when it comes to the people side of your business. Payroll administration, Fortune 500 company employee benefits, human resource services, and risk management are just a few of the services that Oasis Outsourcing can cover to help your business be a lot more profitable. Call Oasis Outsourcing today for a free evaluation at 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's 1-866-286-2747. With more than 60,000 employees worldwide, Oasis Outsourcing understands the many facets of human resource management. Outsourcing is being recognized by firms both large and small as a powerful management choice which lets you focus on your core business while leaving the operational details to Oasis Outsourcing. Let Oasis Outsourcing make your business more profitable. If you'd like a free evaluation, no obligation, just call that toll-free number, 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's 1-866-286-2747 for Oasis Outsourcing. Live and local, we're Sports Radio 560, QAM. Yes, absolutely. Ow! <laughs> Back in the day when someone done us wrong, we didn't take their crap. In Pearl Harbor, when the Japs dropped their bombs, we bombed them back. And now the Saudis, they hit us hard. And on our cars, our little flags wave as that Saudi loving retired points the bombers the wrong way. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to be an American where they follow bush like sheep. The United States of arrogance led by Bush and his family green. They got this country ambling towards the darkest days in our history. I don't want to be a Pax American in the USA. What's a few thousand innocent lives? Stop living in the past. If you want that SUV to drive, you're gonna need more gas. It's the greatest country in the world. They train us to believe. And anyone who says that, obviously, can't afford to leave. And I'm embarrassed to be an American where we patriotically wave a flag in one hand. With our head in the sand and blindly follow the powers that be apathetic. Watching state run news on a 65-inch screen. Scratch your part, everything's okay. In the USA. Oh, my God. 11.47, man. I'll tell you, this show is going by like lightning, and I mean the Tampa Bay lightning. What a job they did, huh? Two on winners over the Flyers on Saturday in a nail-biter. And like I said, the networks are, well, not the CBC. They're happy they got a Canadian team in there. Calgary, eh? although who cares about them? But the uh, ABC people are just plotting in their pants. They're so happy they gave that contract over to NBC for next year, if there is one. Please, here, you take it. It's kind of like those keys to the kingdom in Iraq. You take it. No, I don't think no, so. No, I don't want to. Anyway, want you to listen to this. Okay. Rick Goldstein in the Asia Times. It's on our website. Berg beheading. No way, say medical experts. 
Hmm? American businessman Nicholas Berg's body was found May 8th near Baghdad, uh, near an overpass. A video of his supposed decapitation death by knife appeared on an alleged Al-Qaeda-linked website on May 11th. But according to what both a leading surgical authority and a noted forensic death expert separately told Asia Times Online, the video depicting the decapitation appears to have been staged. Did you actually ever watch it? No, I didn't. I could watch I did. it right now. Beast did. And? What do you want to know? Did it appear to have been staged? It, no, it, it didn't look like it was staged to me. It looked real. It looked real. It looked authentic. Very. He fought back when they pushed him down on the ground? Well, he was tied up. He didn't yeah, much fight. He did. There wasn't any uh, indication of him like uh, doing anything. I'm going to watch it right now. I certainly would need to be convinced if the decapitation video was authentic, Dr. John Simpson, executive director for surgical affairs at the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons, said from New Zealand, echoing Dr. Simpson's criticism when this journalist asked forensic death expert John Norby, Ph.D. and fellow of the American Board of Meteor uh, Medicological Death Investigators, whether he believed the Berg decapitation video had been staged. Norby replied, yes, I think that's the best explanation of it. Questions of when the video's footage was taken and the time elapsed between the shooting of the video segments were raised both by experts reflecting a portion of the broader and ongoing video controversy. Nordby, speaking to Asian Times Online from Washington State, noted, We don't know how much time wasn't filmed, adding that there's no way of knowing whether footage is con contemporaneous with the footage that follows. While the circumstances surrounding both the video and Nick Berg's last days have been the source of substantive speculation, both Simpson and Norby perceived it as highly probable that Berg had died sometime prior to his decapitation. A factor in this was an apparent lack of the massive arterial bleeding such an act initiates. I would have thought that all the people in the vicinity would have been covered in blood in a matter of seconds if it was genuine, said Simpson. Notably, the act's perpetrators appeared far from so. And separately, Norby observed, I think that by the time they're on his head, he's already dead providing another basis for their findings in the course of such an assault. An individual's autonomic nervous system would react, typically doing so strongly, with the body shaking and jerking accordingly. And while Norby noted that they rotated and moved the head, shifting vertebrae that should have initiated such actions, Simpson said he certainly didn't perceive any movements at all in response to such efforts. During the period when Berg's captors filmed the decapitation sequence, circumstances indicate that he had already been dead at quite an uncertain length of time, but more than however long the beheading took, Simpson stated. Both Simpson and Norby also noted the difficulty in providing an analysis based on the video, the inherent limitations presented by this, but also both felt that Berg had seemed drugged. A particularly significant point in the video sequence occurred as Berg's captors attacked him, bringing the supposedly fatal knife to beer, the way that they pulled him over, they could have used a dummy at that point, reflected Simpson, regarding what the video portrayed. Separately, Norby said Berg does not appear to register any sort of surprise or any change in his facial expression when he's grabbed and twisted over and they start to bring the weapon into use. That part's true. Subsequently, Norby said it was likely that the filming sequence was manipulated at the point immediately preceding this, allowing Berg's corpse to be used for the decapitation sequence. Norby also emphasized that the video raises more questions than it answers, with the most fundamental questions of who you are and how did you die being impossible to answer from it. But broad speculation exists regarding a number of factors surrounding both Berg's death and the video and its timing in regard to revelations of U.S. prison atrocities. In a May 13 article, the Arabic newspaper Al Jazeera reported that a Dubai-based Reuters journalist first broke the story, but while Fox News, CNN, and the BBC were able to secure the video from the Arabic-only website that hosted it, Al Jazeera was unable to locate it. And also on May 13, the Associated Press reported that the U.S. CIA had determined that the Abu Musab al-Zakari was the individual who beheaded Berg. Since Secretary of State Colin Powell's U.N. presentation of February 5, 2003, al has been portrayed as the single most dangerous element facing the Bush administration's war on terror. 
Powell's U.N. presentation has since been widely accepted as empty. Nevertheless, al-Zakari appears to have surpassed even Osama bin Laden as the administration's number one terror target. And on May 15, Brigadier General Mark Kimmett, the Coalition Provisional Authority's chief Iraq military spokesman, declared that al-Zakari will eventually be caught, though that may prove especially difficult. On March 4th, Brigadier General David Rodriguez of the Joint Chiefs of Staff revealed that the Pentagon didn't have direct evidence of whether he's al-Zakari, meaning alive or dead, providing commentary on the nature of prior evidence linking al-Zakari to attacks and bombings. But that same day, AP reported that an Iraqi resistance group claimed al-Zakari had been killed the April prior in the U.S. bombing of northern Iraq. Speaking off the record, intelligence community sources have previously said they believe it is very likely that al-Zakari is indeed long since dead. Such effect makes al-Zakari's alleged killing of Berg difficult to reconcile, and there's been broad speculation that framing al-Zakari is an administration ploy. Further anomalies surrounding Berg's death have fueled added speculation. According to emails sent from a U.S. consular office in Baghdad, Beth Payne to the Berg family, Nick Berg, was being held in Iraq by the U.S. military in Mosul. A May 13 AP report notes that a U.S. State Department spokesperson subsequently said this was untrue and error and that Berg was being held by Iraqi authorities. But other, another May 13 AP report quoted Police Chief Major General Mohammed Khair al-Barhawi as claiming that reports of Iraqi police having held Berg were baseless. And Berg is seen on the beheading videotape in what appears to be U.S. military prison issue clothing sitting in what appears to be a U.S. military-type white chair virtually identical to those photographed as used as Abu Ghraib prison. However, the taking of hostages occurred in the region and beheadings are not unheard of. According to a February 2003 report by Human Rights Watch, on September 23, 2001, radical Islamists captured a group of 25 Kurdish fighters in the Iraqi village of Kili Ama. Some prisoners' throats had been slit while others had been beheaded, HRW reported, noting that the television station Kurdsat had broadcast pictures of the dead that September 26th. The report also noted that a videotape apparently filmed by those committing the atrocities had been found. The strict Islamist community in Iraq denied that the acts were committed by their people, stating that the incident was fabricated. Additional reports of beheadings also exist, with the victims usually noted as killers with a bullet before the beheading occurs. But HRW's report also raised an issue that Berg's videomakers and Berg's father both raised prisoner exchange. HRW noted that Iraq's radical Islamists did pursue exchange of captives, and the Berg video specifically noted that his captors claimed that they were killing him as their attempts to exchange Berg had been rebuffed by U.S. authorities. Berg's father, Michael, has pressed the administration of U.S. President George W. Bush as regards what the facts of this allegation are, with the administration denying any knowledge that such a trade was offered and added questions still exist. Because Iraq's radical Islamists speak in a particular manner and live by a closely prescribed code, apparent contradictions between these ways and the way Berg's captors appeared has generated speculation. Some observers have speculated on the possibility that the individuals weren't native Arabic speakers at all. Conversely, it's reported that in Saudi Arabia, where Sharia law allows for beheadings in cases of severe crimes, the condemned is heavily drugged with tranquilizers prior to the execution, reportedly leaving them in a state similar to that which Berg appeared in uh, during parts of the video. Again, Norby emphasized that the video raises more questions than it answers. And you saw it? Yeah, I just watched it uh, while you were reading that. And, uh, yeah, some of the points are valid. I mean, I saw blood dripping from the head, but I didn't see, like, it was it gushing, if you know yeah. what I mean? It was just dripping. And he did seem very uh, limp, so he could have been heavily drugged or, or even dead. Now, everybody was piling on him, so it's not like he could have been doing a lot of struggling, but I didn't see any at all. They were piling on? Yeah, it was a dog pile. Huh, kind of like Abu Ghraib all over again. Well, th- they had their clothes on. Though. Maybe they were playing little gray bass. An internal U.N. audit finds that Switzerland's Cotecna inspection essay failed to staff key checkpoints, used unauthorized subcontractors, and cannot account for massive discrepancies
between reported and actual shipments of aid. Records from the U.N. agency cited by the Washington Times last week indicate that the discrepancies relate to the value of the shipments into northern Iraq. What a rip-off this is, man. The audit was conducted by the U.N. Office of Internal Oversight Services and covered a five-month period ending in October 2002. The auditors found that Kotechna did no independent inspections on nearly a billion dollars' worth of U.S. aid shipments in the contract's first three years. Other irregularities include payments to Kotechna for contract employees who never worked, despite four years of complaints from U.N. officials, unauthorized use of U.N. medical and office facilities by Kotechna staff, and hiring of a subcontractor in violation of the bid terms, and its application with the Iraqi Trade Ministry registered as, a, as the registered contractor, Kotechna was not reprimanded in either case. Sounds like Halliburton all over again. Man, oh man, the money that's changing hands, the money that's being uh, sucked up, grabbed up, hopped up. But hey, it's, it's all worth it, you know. You do understand that, don't you? Sure. Good. Good to me. So you saw that uh, video now. Should I yeah, uh, take a look at it? Uh, do you have not it a big there? deal? It's, it's really not a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of yelling going on, and... Uh, the, the sawing of the neck uh, lasts for way longer than I would have wanted it to. Yeah. Um, it wasn't fun to watch. No. I didn't have a good time watching it. Right. But did anybody yell out? I'm dying over here. Did you hear that? There's a lot of yelling. Like I'm everybody saying. there, there's all those eight guys or whatever it is, and they're all yelling. Eight? Whatever, however many there are. I thought there, there were like four or five plus uh, Maybe Nicholas Maybe five, Bird. yeah. There's there a lot of yelling going on. Very chaotic. And a minion. And, and the camera was moving around very shaky like uh, mm -hmm. that Gladiator movie. And there was an obvious uh, edit from the time they jerk him to the ground. Ah. The time they start sawing. A very obvious go. edit in the video. Mm -hmm. 1157 at 560, your gruesome station, WQM. For years you've been hearing about A-Laser Recharge, the toner and recharge cartridge specialist. When you call A-Laser Recharge at 800-287-9212, you'll deal with just Bob who supplies businesses with a complete line of printing and office equipment supplies. A-Laser Recharge has inkjets, thermocarbon paper, supplies, and now they provide service support and maintenance for most makes and models of machines to make them run just like brand new again. Call 800-287-9212 right now, and in most cases you'll have what you need within 24 hours. A-Laser Recharge can save you up to 50% on new cartridges as compared to depot pricing. All the cartridges sold by A-Laser Recharge are remanufactured, not refilled. Anybody can sell you a cheap refilled cartridge, but cheaper is certainly not always better. Remanufactured cartridges are the only way to go. A-Laser carries a complete line of cartridges for printers, copiers, and faxes, along with Brother and Xerox drums. A-Laser Recharge is proud of their individualized service and offers no questions asked satisfaction guarantee. So if you need toner, cartridges, or anything else, just pick up the phone and call Just Bob from A-Laser Recharge at 1-800-287-9212. Log into alaserrecharge.com or call them today, one 800 287-9212. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Mark Morgan. It's the 12 to 1 hour on QAM.
We got the Marlin pregame coming up at 12:30. Is this really possible? Is it me or is it uh, this thing has flown by like about five minutes, ain't it? Right, like nothing. Holy crap! Rick says just dropping a fax to say goodbye. Goodbye. I just graduated my company to approve my transfer to Vancouver. Eh? My flight leaves on Friday. I already said goodbye to George. Sorry for being such a chronic faxer. That's okay, Rick. You mean well. Not always good, but you mean well. By the way, Frontline will be having a special on how music has gone from being about music into just being about money and how the music industry is putting itself out of business with interviews with several famous musicians. Keep up the fight. Good luck to you, Rick. Have a good time, eh? And congratulations for getting out. I wonder what uh, we should play going to the ball game, the pregame. Bust it. All right. Huh? How's that? Gangster rapier. Yeah, let's play some gangster rap. That's not gangster rap. I'm just kidding. Jesus, will you calm down? You better learn your gangster rap, mister, because you sure don't know it. I know about Fitty. Gonna sit. Yeah, you know about Fitty, all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fitty about pounds. Fitty pounds on each side that you ought to get rid of. That's what you know, Fitty. Each thigh. Prosecutor warns Michael Jackson may flee the U.S. How do you like that? Oh, my God. Michael Jackson's prosecutor is imposing a move by the pop singer to reduce his $3 million bail, arguing the performer might choose to live the rest of his life as a wealthy absconder rather than face a life term in a California prison. Just like O.J., all of his actions are those of a really innocent guy. <laughs> right. Man, they got his ass nailed. The prosecution motion written by Deputy D.A. Gerald McFranklin. Uh, Mc, uh, what, what is that? Gerald McSee period Franklin. What is that? New sandwich at McDonald's for limited time. I see only. the McSee Franklin. The McFranklin. It's a low carb. I'll Maybe that's what the that. C stands for. <laughs> the Gerald McCarb Franklin. Uh, anyway, conceded that the county bail schedule calls for a potential maximum bail of 435 grand for the child molestation and conspiracy charges against Jackson, but argued the performer is no ordinary defendant and the bail, bail schedule does not apply to him. He cited Jackson's holdings of 2,000 acres in Santa Barbara County as well as other property. The defendant here, Michael Jackson, is an international celebrity, a man whose lifestyle today would have not have prepared him to adapt readily to a prison environment and routine. Oh, yeah. Rectum. No kidding. Uh -huh. And whose physical stature will present its own problems for making the necessary adjustments. Mr. Jackson has doubtlessly given those realities considerable thought. In other words, what he's been thinking about is getting uh, being on the receiving end this time. Big time. Because they don't like child molesters, they don't like pedophiles and uh, child abusers in uh, in the slammer, in the big house. Got it? Yeah. They don't wait. take kindly to such people, and they tend to... Uh, how's Father Gagan doing, by the way? Anybody see him lately? No. Oh. <laughs> how's Father's gaze gone? I'm sure he's in heaven. Ryan Perry writes, this is also on our website, and uh, luckily so, Ten Reasons Bush Doesn't Want You to See Michael Moore's New Film Like It Could Make Him Lose the Next Election. Michael Moore for president. All right. Yeah. I bet your beast could relate to him, big fat guy. Scruffy. Heck of a yeah. menu at the White House. Ball cap. A new film is sending shockwaves through the U.S. in general, and the White House in particular hasn't even been released yet. Fahrenheit 9-11, which this week got the longest standing ovation in Cannes Film Festival history, tells what its director, Michael Moore, sees as the truth behind the war in Iraq and on terror. It is said to be so powerful it could tip November's U.S. presidential election against George W. Bush. As Moore says, we were able to get film crews embedded with American troops without them knowing it was Michael Moore. They are totally effed. Disney has refused to distribute the film in the state, saying its content could upset the presidential elections. Moore says that's precisely why the public should see it. These are the ten killer questions the film poses. Number one, 
After the 9-11 attacks, why was the only plane to fly out of the U.S. carrying 24 members of Osama bin Laden's family? In the wake of the attacks, the U.S. became a no-fly zone. Moore asks, why did Bush allow a private Saudi jet to fly around the U.S. in the days after 9-11 to pick up members of the bin Laden family and then fly them out of the country without a proper FBI investigation? Might it have been possible that at least one of the 24 bin Ladens would have known something? Two. Are the media covering up abuse of Iraqi prisoners and the disillusionment of American troops? Moore's film shows soldiers hooding and mistreating Iraqi detainees. It even shows troops taking uh, it in turns to sexually abuse a drunk elderly man. He says, this occurred outside the Abu Ghraib prison walls. The media is there every single day. Why haven't they seen this? I don't think we've heard American soldiers in the field talk as they do in this film about their disillusionment and their despair about their questioning of what was going on. Three. Is Bush deliberately creating a culture of war to get poor American youth to fight his war? Moore accuses the Bush administration of deliberately creating a climate of fear, especially by the instigation of the Department of Homeland Security to increase the numbers signing up for the armed forces. He calls this the immoral act of sending kids to war on the basis of a lie. Four, how deep does the connection between the Bush family and bin Laden family actually run? Moore exposes business links between the bin Ladens and the Bushes over the past 25 years. Bush Sr. became a highly paid consultant for the Carlyle Group, one of the nation's largest defense contractors. One of the investors in Carlyle, to the tune of at least $2 million, was the Bin Laden family. The campaigner says the Bin Laden family have extensive dealings with large companies in the U.S. They've donated $2 million to Bush's alma mater, Harvard. They own property in Texas, Florida, and Massachusetts. In short, they have their hands deep in our pants. Five, just how sinister was the White House's doctoring of Bush's military record? Moore suggests that far from being simply an exercise in proving that Bush attended to his National Guard duties, the White House version also saw tied evidence that Bush and his associates had close ties with various Saudi oil companies. He also suggests that a former military pal of Bush, James R. Bath, once sold a plane to the Bin Laden family. Six, did Bush miss an opportunity to nail Bin Laden during secret talks with the Taliban? Moore claims that while Bush was governor of Texas, he built a relationship with the Taliban rulers of Afghanistan. They met in Texas to discuss a project to build a natural gas pipeline from Turkmenistan through Taliban-controlled Afghanistan into Pakistan, as we've talked about many times on his show. Representatives of the Bush administration met the Taliban in the summer of 2001. Moore says they ignored the bin Laden issue and were preoccupied with oil. He asks, was Bush discussing their offer to hand over bin Laden? Was he threatening them with force? Was he discussing a new pipeline? Seven, why does the Bush family have a special relationship with the Saudi royal family? More than 1.5 million barrels of oil needed in the U.S. daily from the Saudis could vanish on a royal whim, so we begin to see not only how Bush, but all of us are dependent on the House of Saud, says Moore. This can't be good for national security. Moore also refers to Prince Bandar bin Sultan, the Saudi ambassador to the U.S., who's nicknamed Bandar Bush because of his close links with the president. Despite increasing evidence linking the 9-11 atrocity to Saudi militants, Bush still met Prince Bandar for dinner two days later. Eight, was Bush spending too much time on holiday to concentrate on terrorism? Bush was on holiday for 42% of the eight months before 9-11, letting his guard down, according to Moore. At a 9-11 commission hearing, CIA Director George Tenet admitted he had known since August 2001 that Zakarias Musawi, the only man charged in connection with 9-11, had been taking lessons on how to fly a 747. Tenet claimed he didn't tell Bush because the president was on vacation. Nine, did Bush panic when he was told about the attack on the Twin Towers? On the morning of September 11th, President Bush was posing for cameras at a children's literacy event in Florida. Moore has previously, uh, uns uh, has previously unseen footage showing the rabbit and car headlights expressed on the president's face when he's told about the second plane hitting the Twin Towers. A stopwatch appears in the corner of the screen as the minutes tick by, and the president keeps reading, My Pet Goat, not knowing what to do without his advisors to tell him. 
Moore says, was Bush thinking he should have taken reports the CIA had given him the month before more seriously? That he had been told Al-Qaeda was planning attacks in the U.S. and that planes would possibly be used? Or was he scared witless? Or something that rhymes with that. Ten, did Bush manipulate the major U.S. media companies to fix his 2000 election win? Bush's cousin, John Ellis, a Fox News executive, was instrumental in calling it for Bush-Cheney on election night and cowed the other networks into joining in. This confusion helped set the scene for the debate that ended his election despite Al Gore winning the popular majority. At the start of Fahrenheit 9-11, the major players are seen smirking and preening themselves. Here they are, more narrates, the whole corrupt gang who fixed the 2000 election. Absolutely correct, sir. Can't wait for that movie to come out. Soon. Right. Right now. Can't let's be go. soon enough. Yeah, like, like, as a matter of fact, instead of having Bush on TV tonight, let's show the movie. All right. What do you say about that? So I guess we don't have that copy now, huh? Not now. <laughs> Not now? Not ever. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. I saw God. This is your brain. <laughs> Any questions? Coming up tonight. On Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story, he did more things with his mouth than Courtney Love could ever dream of doing. He was Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry. Be happy. Oh, no, not that song. I have to interview that guy? According to information posted by VH1 on their website, Bobby McFerrin creates music by, quote, beating noises out of his entire body while emitting a constant accompaniment of guttural noises, clicks, and popping sounds. Unfortunately, this also describes a huge percentage of crazy people who, like McFerrin, live in New York City. Uh, excuse me, I'm from inside the behind. Are you Bobby McFerrin? Uh, never mind. Uh, excuse me, sir, are you Bobby McFerrin? Don't worry. Be happy. Wait, I think it's Bobby McFerrin! Don't worry. Be happy. Because George W. Bush is an alien, and John Kerry is JFK's brain hidden in his pants. Oh, man, we were so close. Don't worry. Be happy. Unable to locate Bobby McFerrin, we were forced to contemplate his rather annoying little song. It's a crock of you-know-what. Jack Forrest is a Des Moines resident who, at the peak of the song's popularity in 1988, fell into a threshing machine. People would come up to me in my wheelchair... My head's in a brace, I'm in a full body cast, I haven't yet regained the power of speech, and they're singing that freaking horrible song to me. Don't worry, be happy. Huh. Bleep you, Bobby McFerrin. I said bleep because I figured you wouldn't let me say f Am I right? Bobby McFerrin. Bad music is not a victimless crime. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business. Tonight, on Inside the Behind. 12-16, we got the pregame at 12-30. The Marlins and the uh, Diamondbacks at 105. That's a bad name for a baseball team, even though they did win the World Series a couple of years ago. Bad name. The Arizona Diamondbacks? What's wrong with that? They're snakes. It sucks. It's a horrible name. That's and I notice, I notice, I know what it is, but it's just a bad name for a baseball Now, what the hell would you know about it? What do you Not know about, about sports names? Uh, names. No, you don't. Not about sports names. Yeah. Diamondbacks ain't the kind. I mean, like the Devil Rays was good, and then the people over in Tampa, oh, the Devil's in there. Yeah. We got all the Devil worshippers on the uh, ball puck. So that just Red it says socks. it says Rays. White socks is a good yeah. name. I never did. I say that those <laughs> no, were good I'm names. No, I'm just saying there's way worse names than Diamondbacks. The Cubs is cute. Cute. The Yankees is a good name, even though I hit them like poison. The Chunkies. 
the Jankies that make me sick, yes. but Red Sox is not a good name either. Is White Sox? No. How about when they call the White Sox the Pale Hose? Huh? <laughs> yeah. That, that, no. You never heard that before? No. And you're supposed to be working in the sports department. You know that they call them the Pale Hose? You you ask anybody over the age of five. Go ask Ken Malden. He'll tell you. That's what we call the Power 96 interns. Pale Hose. I thought that was Scruan. The old pale hose. Anyway, let's get back to the poll result. That, that's what they're called. That's their nickname. No. Yes. <laughs> like like the every every team has got not just their regular name, like the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're called the Buds. The you know Maple Leafs, the Buds. Uh, every team has got like a secondary nickname. Okay. The White Sox are called the Pale Hose. Look it up online. They'll have it there. Look up Pale Hose. And the Red Sox are called the Bloody Hose. Clarence says he knew that. Yeah, see, Clarence knew it because he's a real sports nerd, not make-believe like you. You better start, uh, you know, mending your fences with that child. Boning I'll up. tell you that right now. Because it seemed to me there on Friday that there was uh, more than meets the eye. Which of these best describes <laughs> what you believe? 565 votes. It's all a pile of bullshit as far as religion's concerned. 230. Can't we just get rid of it? Please, just give us... I'm going to tell you, if we had one year... Listen yeah, to me. I'm listening. If we could have one year without religion anywhere in the world, if, if oh. some like wave that magic wand, there you go, and it just came down from somewhere, and and everybody oh. just uh, had like an instant lobotomy, and all those phony baloney, all that god bull crap, and heaven, and all of these uh, fantasy, these wild stories, just vanished from everybody's mind. They'd wake up the next morning like, oh, how come I hate you? you right. Know? We'd have to find something new to fight about. Yeah, like, we, which, and of course, that would better. take a long time. Maybe we could like uh, do a little damage repair during that period of time. No. Anyway, 230 states, a pile of crap, a crock. I'm agnostic. I don't know, 157. Well, you better start finding out. Better mend your ways with the Lord, okay, before it's too late. <coughs> before that seven-headed serpent starts uh, coming down. You know what that meant? That was a metaphor for Rome. And you want to know why? Why? Because Rome is known as the city of seven hills. That's right. Right. Anyway, I'm agnostic. I don't know, 159. There is a hell and we're in it. We're living in it, 72, which can mean several different things, all of them probably true. There is a heaven and a hell, 51. There is not only, not a hell, what is it? Oh, this is not worded the way I wanted, Eric. There is no hell, only heaven, 20, or whatever. There is a heaven, hell, and purgatory, 20, so we're going to be busy. And Armageddon is coming soon, 16. Oh, my God. When I wrote Armageddon, like the president says, we're all going to be dead anyway, so what difference does it make? That was a great line, too, that he got off the hook. How come he keeps getting off the hook with all these idiotic things he always says? Shut up, Tommy. Oh, I'm sorry. Paul the Avalanche guy in Syracuse says, The volume on your Internet streaming is really low. I have it cranked up on WMP. Desktop and speakers can't hear it. Air America sounds great. Well, the difference being we're still going to be on the air in six months. That's the difference, Paul. It says, have George crank it in the volume, too. And then it says, go flames. Oh, man, Paul. Oh, yeah, Syracuse. Yeah, we, we made sure we chopped uh, we cut the audio way back for anybody in Syracuse, anybody who's a Flames fan. You know what I mean? Too many flamers in Syracuse. Oh, getting back to Nick Berg. Yeah. Yeah. Spy games may have led to beheadings, says the uh, Inquirer. Nick Berg had a link to U.S. intelligence insiders suspect. Nick Berg, the American beheaded by terrorists, was working in Iraq as a U.S. spy, it says, with an exclamation point. That's the suspicion of some Washington insiders who also suspect his links to espionage may have led to the gruesome execution caught on a videotape that horrified the world. Washington is rife with rumors that Berg had a connection to U.S. intelligence, a well-informed source told the Inquirer. Fueling this suspicion is that he had Arab language capabilities and he's said to be a computer genius. 
someone who was presumed uh, prepared rather to brave the dangers of traveling to Iraq on an apparently legitimate business trip would obviously be of great interest to American intelligence for what he could find out. There's also a lot of suspicion that maybe Nick unwittingly got sucked into spy games that ultimately cost him his life. Berg's family claims the 26-year-old Pennsylvanian traveled to Iraq to drum up work for his radio tower business, but the Inquirer learned there was no evidence that Berg's company, Prometheus Methods Tower Service, Inc., actually existed. Brian McDonald, spokesman for Pennsylvania's Corporation Bureau, said Berg's firm was never registered. Berg was arrested by Iraqi police March 24th, questioned repeatedly by FBI agents before he was released April 6th. The agents wanted to know how his email password wound up in the hands of September 11th terrorist uh, Zacharias Massawi. That happened in 99 while Berg was a student at the University of Oklahoma and was always enrolled at nearby flight school, allegedly trained to be an al-Qaeda hijacker. And a bizarre disclosure that may have led to his death, Berg even confessed to one of his friends in Baghdad that there was a belief he was an agent of some sort. They thought he was a spy, it said. In a strange twist, Berg was ex executed wearing what appeared to be a U.S.-issued orange jumpsuit, normally worn only by U.S.-held prisoners, Bruce Hauser, a close neighbor who had known Berg since he was four years old, told the Inquirer, we'd like to believe it wasn't the Iraqi police who turned him over to the kidnappers. So I guess they'd like to believe that it was the U.S. authorities who turned him over? I mean, was it, would that make it better? I don't get that. I'd like to believe it was Peter Pan. There you go. I'd like to believe. Gotta believe, baby. Right? Gotta believe. Gotta have faith. Bust it. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> 23 past, 23 past noon at 560 WQM if your carpets look like hell. And I'll tell you one thing, that is, there is a hell on your floor. It can be your carpets. If they're schmutzy, if you have pets and kids and all of the above, they can really be in bad shape. But instead of wasting a lot of cash on brand new carpeting, which costs you an arm and four legs, call our good friends at Drive Concepts. They're the best in the world, the best in business at bringing your carpeting back to life with their exclusive patented dry cleaning method. That's why I've used them in my homes for over 20 years. And once you call them the first time, you'd never dream of calling anybody else. So I'll bet you George's life on it. They uh, leave your carpets vibrant in color, soft to the touch. They smell lemony fresh. They look like brand new. They're drying a couple of hours, so you really can, can clean today and entertain tonight. Call today and see how you can save, in addition to their already low price, an extra 15% on your next carpet cleaning by having them put you under a standby list to draw concepts. And please keep in mind, no rip-offs, no scams. They give you a guaranteed written price up front before they do their unbeatable job. Call them today. They'll never let you down. Call Dry Concepts tool-free, 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071 or on the web. It's dryconcepts.com. Live and local. This, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Lord even loves Neil Rogers. I'm telling you, Moses was the wisest man. Ha, what are you, Meshuggah? Abraham was the wisest. I'm telling you, Moses. No, I say Abraham. Moses. Abraham. Gentlemen, gentlemen, what? let us rest. Amen to that. After a hard day arguing religious law, these thirsty scholars head for their favorite refreshments. Israel Light Beer. It's a mitzvah. Israel Light. Smooth as lots and cream cheese. And it tastes great. But last the filling. Tastes great. Last the filling. This meal. It tastes great. Israel Light. The beer chosen by the chosen people. Bust. Hot meal has permanently blocked uh, whatever you just sent me. Damn it. You do that all the time, man. It's not me. you got to adjust your settings. No. Won't do it. You got to move I'm blocking it. it. I'm putting that blocker on it. Put in the address box. 
the fellas try to do Good talk up, by the way. Thank you. Marlon, pregame show coming up. Now, is there anything in here I'm going to have to, like, you know, there's no filthy words in here. No. No. No, don't be so uh, cocksure. Find a radio hey. family song. What does that work? Trying to send you some more stuff. Okay. Anyway, we got the uh, Marlon pregame coming up at 1230 in just a minute. Then we got the Marlins and the Diamondbacks 105. Uh, Kimba Bocamper for the Humper. <laughs> coming up 4 to 7 this afternoon from Chula State to Highway Lakes. You got Hurricane Highline at 7 to B State to 10 for the big. Oh! And Eddie K at 10.